Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Mountaineering, also known as Frater, Freighter, Not. Hello. Hey. Welcome to the World Wide Web. Oh, uh, new, new, new places. <laughs> see, see now, 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 with our false start out of the way, revealing your mundane name, now we've got a different vibe going on. Plus, we missed my fun story about iTunes, so, oh well. Ah, uh, wah-wah. <laughs> yeah, wah-wah. So, you, are you living, you live in San Francisco? I, I do live in San Francisco. I am currently sitting in a car next to the beautiful Palace of Fine Arts here. Oh, what are you? Are, are you I hope you're you're not only always in your car. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing against. No, I the... live at the uh, I live at the illustrious Ouija Club in San Francisco, former venue, current temple. Oh, is that so? That's a Thelemic uh, OTO temple. No, 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 no. It's uh, Thelemic. Um, we are not in any way, shape, or form affiliated with the OTO proper. Um, there right. is, uh, there there's are... two of us who live there who are Thelemites, um, and one of them, I won't, won't talk about them too much because I don't know what they're comfortable with, but uh, yeah, there's a couple of us there um, who are former, I guess, OTO. Yeah, well, you've already revealed that it, this person is a they-them, haven't you? 
yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm just joking. I try try in my uh, normal speech to, you know, normalize gender neutral uh, pronouns just A, because it's it's already a thing in the English language, and B, you know, just a a way to, you know, if, uh, especially if I don't know what someone prefers to be. To, prefers to go by, you know, I just default to uh, they, them, theirs. Well, that's very respectful, and you are from Frisco, so that's probably safe, right? Oh, I'm not from here, but oh. I've lived here for long enough to be considered from here. You're, you're Friskonian now. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they love that term, right? I, I, I believe they hate it. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like when people it's like people it's like, oh you hate it when I call it Frisco? It's like when people are like, um you keep calling him Crowley and calling it Inokian. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, Oh, do you think Uncle Al might not like me mispronouncing the way he likes his name spelled? They're like, Yeah, it's like, Oh, how could I ever make that mistake? <laughs> Yeah, oh, he doesn't like that. Crowley, Crowley, Crowley. <laughs> yeah, if I talked to him, I would tell him, I would say what how he wants it to be said, of course, but he's dead, so let's let's have a little I laugh, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think, and on I the don't issue, think Little Miss Sunshine will mind much. No, I mean, if anyone shouldn't have a right to complain about riling others up. Fuck. <laughs> right, right, good point. Yeah, and don't worry about swearing, because the interviews I do with people, I, I set to explicit, so it's all legit. I, that's good because I I can't be around children because I don't know how to fucking turn it off. So. Yeah. Oh, it's a skill that you have to like learn, especially with some of my background, like you know, in the church and teaching kids and stuff. Wow, mm. you really gotta be careful. Of course, I yeah. I, I upset parents at uh, the churches without swearing. I remember one day after a, a youth ministry class, I uh, was getting I was saying goodbye to the kids in the back of the parents' car, and I said. And the parents were talking to me, and I, and something came up, so I said to them, here's one last bit of theology for you kids, because I think they were misbehaving or probably not getting ice cream because they didn't. I said, I said, remember, kids, because Jesus forgives everything, you can do anything. And the kids' eyes went so wide, and the dad, who I was friends with, we worked together, and he just was like, he just like sort of growled and like shut the door and like drove away. We had a good laugh God, about it the yeah. next day. He's like, "Don't tell them that." I'm like, "Actually, that is like legit theology that is curriculum." Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you can, you know, I mean, if you're Protestant, I guess you can just personally ask the fucker to forgive you for whatever, and it's all good. Well, in some form, well, asking is actually a confessional methodology, right? In in a lot of Protestant th- theologies, they have what they call the grace walk. Have you heard of that? Uh, I don't think so. The grace walk is the idea that you, be, this is a, came about in the Southern baptism and stuff like that, is because oh. once you've been baptized and forgiven for sin, you're automatically forgiven for all sin, so getting baptized is essentially a free pass to do whatever you want for the rest of your life. Sick. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, boy, man, boy, I tell you what. convenient. <laughs> a, little, a little too, maybe, huh? I mean, it does. Yeah, well. it, it fails to meet the Roman or the traditional Catholic criteria of um, repentance, right? There's three stages: right. there's confession, repentance, mm-hmm. and then penit- pen- penance. Penance. If you and if yeah. you don't do the penance, like often priests will be like, "Okay, you need to go talk to this person now and make good by them and say, is there anything I can do?'" And if you don't do that, you don't get the forgiveness from the mortal sin. Oh fuck! That sounds yeah. like AA or something to you. Well, <laughs> AA was created by. Uh, 
Carl, by by Jung, Carl Gustav Jung created. Well, it was it was it wasn't created by him. It came about after a series of correspondence with him and the person who actually you know put it together. I just read uh, that he outlined the methodology. Uh, From what I understand, uh, he more inspired it just through correspondence because he couldn't, in his uh, psychoanalyst analyzations with people who had addiction, uh, he couldn't, uh, they they couldn't get to, it's very, very hard to break addiction outside of, you know, literally having a religious experience. you know, folks... Uh, and that was what that was his do, insight? Right, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not like, an folks expert. Like, do, like, Ibogaine, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a uh, psychoactive plant um, that has opiate blockers in it, um, but that's, like, uh, sort of a, like, <laughs> it's a uh, shortcut, skipping a few steps uh, version of that, Um I have a lot of friends who, um, because my background in, like, you know, punk rock and the whole traveling culture thing, um, a lot of friends who uh, got strung out and have since, you know, gone the religious route. I have a thing where when you get to your 30s, uh, you have a choice. Uh, You can either become spiritual or become rockabilly. There's no (laughs) in-between. I like it. Oh, I, uh, I always loved the rockabilly uh, ethos as well. Mm, yeah, I just feel yeah, like I, th- I feel like you need more hair to really pull it off. I got hair for the both of us, bud. Oh, uh, <laughs> bro, send me some. I'll glue it on with some Elmer school glue. Yeah, I, uh, I, I never really could stomach too much of the music personally, um, but you know, these days with the whole Western wear look, I've been I've been accused of it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's fun to dress up. Yeah, I did both. I mean, you know, uh, dressing, what is it, uh, dressing fine, fine apparel or fine clothes and drink sweet wines and wines with foam, something like that. I'm probably blowing it. It's Inner <laughs> Pestilence anyway. But, Who's that by? Inner know. Pestilence? I said I'm being a center of pestilence. Oh, you're being <laughs> I thought that was a band name. No, it's uh, Le- Libra All. Uh, it's something the uh, most... Slobby ass celibites don't take too seriously. Um, the part about like dressing nice and shit. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, no. I, again, I'm not. I'm not versed in 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 Crowley like uh, like an OTO th- or Thelemic person would be. Yeah, there's uh, there's just a bit, a little bit in uh, chapter one, New Eats chapter of uh, Lieber All, uh, where she directs folks to you know like look nice, uh, treat yourself, like you know drink. Uh, Drink well, basically, and, uh, you know, if you are supposed to be representing, you know, the kings of the earth, you should probably uh, not look like you just fucking woke up in a trash can. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So, so, um, so, so what, how, what is really the difference? How, I think some people might be wondering, how could you be thelemic, a thelemite? And that is, I take that to mean religiously thelemic, but not OTO. Or how could you be maybe OTO but not thelemic? Is are both possible? Well, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't be, you couldn't be OTO and not thelemic. It's uh, That's literally right. a part of your oaths. Um, okay. But you could be thelemic and not be OTO. Uh, the OTO technically was before uh, accepting the law of thelema. 
The OTO was a Bruce, of course. Uh, Freemasonic. It was, yeah, it was a Freemasonic group, sort of put together to synthesize a lot of uh, regular Freemasonry. Um, then uh, you know, there's there's the lore version of you know. Uh, Roos accusing Crowley of really revealing some of their secrets in um, in the Book of Lies, which the dates on that don't match up. That's right. But, uh, I was reading something about that the other day. In fact, yeah, it's a good it's good bullshit. You know, like it, it's good bullshit, but it's bullshit. Like, yeah. um, well, oh, I was reading. And, I was it was in Martin Starr's essay that he gave me in two thousand four. Mm. I just did a thing, I think, on that. Yeah, on the, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, okay. So yeah, the uh, the OTO uh, is it's more or less the OTO and AA. Um, the the other AA are um, you know those are sort of the the vanguard of Thelema. But you know, I mean, all you have to do is type in Thelemic Order into Google, and you'll find out just how many splitters and how many. Um, you know, uh, different, like, groups have uh, gone their own way. I mean, most, my, my favorite thing, most Thelemic, you know, alternative Thelemic groups have about one person in them. Um, it's almost it's like the, Crowley was the Martin Luther of the Golden Dawn, and his group keeps he really was. splintering that's, that's, and splintering. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's, that's, that's actually a really, really good point. Uh, Crowley is in a lot of ways. Uh, he showed up. You know, he showed up to the temple with the documents, like the ninety nine theses from Mathers or something. He's like, right. I'm the I'm the new I'm the new law in town. Yeah, fucking shows up with a kilt, locks himself in the building, and declares himself outer head of the order. Then gets I mean, gets Yates to call there. a cop and bonk him on the head and haul him off. <laughs> right, <laughs> which you know happened to him. Repeatedly, uh, <laughs> his illustrious career. Uh, you I, know, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with this little bit of history, a little, little Bay Area um, Thelemic history. Uh, oh, Crowley, and his, Crowley and his tour of uh, the United States um, shows up in the Bay Area uh, where we have in San Jose, we have the AMORC, the Ancient Mystical Order of the Rose Cross. Yeah, I joined that uh, when I was 12. Yeah, that's, you know, all you need is a little bit of money and a fucking stamp, right? So I think that's uh, what the Fama Fraternitatis said. Give us your money and here's your stamp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so the AMORC, they, they, uh, I mean, as far as that whole, you know, mail-order mysticism thing goes, AMORC is great. And it's not a little bit of money. It's fucking expensive to join the AMRC these days. Oh, wow. Um, but they have a lot of cool shit. Um, and they run their own uh, Egyptian museum down in San Jose, which is, like, my absolute favorite thing. Oh, it's in beautiful. My, my mom took me and my best friend Daniel and my sister on a road trip when we were 14, 15, to, to mm. go see it from Vancouver. Mm. It's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. They, uh, they really... You know, they, they really spend your money well. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's something to be praised. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, the, the overhead actually goes somewhere other than some fuckstick's pocket, you know. <laughs> and so, oh, that, that anyway, uh, Curly, Curly shows up in the Bay Area and proceeds to spoo the 
AMORC. No way. Did he? Yeah. Whoa. So he was doing, he sued the AMORC, and you can look this up. I mean, I'm going to fuck some of the details, but, like, that's, you great, know, good Great story. publicity stunt. Uh, yeah, that's precisely what it was. He, um, <laughs> his, his, his foundation, I guess, for suing them was that, you know, the goddamn secret chiefs of the outer order, they, they gave him the mantle of, uh, you know, the leadership of, uh, the Rose Cross, mm. and these people had no right, according to his headcanon, to do this, um... So they should give him control and presumably the money. Yep. And uh, that was one of the shortest cases in California history. Oh, really? How short was it? It was long enough for him to say his bit and the judge to say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're legally obligated to listen, let you say a sentence or two, but that's about it. That's the end of my legal obligation, great son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, it's fucking good stuff. I love, I love that story. You know, he just like he shows up and he's like, oh, I don't know, what am I gonna do? And he walks around the museum for a minute and he's like, I would like this. <laughs> I bet he would. Yeah. Oh my god. Can you imagine what would have happened if Crowley had had been handed the keys to Amork? I'd be gone already, probably. <laughs> he, it would have been uh, been uh, been uh, shot up in an, into a needle. Uh, or it would have been fucking drank up, and uh, you know what? I'm actually going to avoid pissing off a shitload of people. <laughs> yeah, well, like I, I don't want to focus on that that sort of stuff. Actually, I want to hear about Thelema is your religion, right? So, you right. know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to cast aspersions on what's holy in your eyes. And I'm curious oh, I about what... I, I, I'm a huge fan of, of the sacred and profane being the same thing. Uh, I'm, I'm widely known as a reverent prick, and I uh, earned that. Um, you know, I, I also am... I'm not a subscriber to Crowleyanity. Uh, the guy was a fucking racist asshole. Um... <laughs> He was a complete bigot. Uh, he, you know, I mean, all you have to do is read, like, I thought you the said first you... four pages of Moonchild, and you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? But, but <laughs> didn't you just say you don't want to piss off a bunch of people? Oh, well, I mean, I don't want to piss off a bunch of people by directly attacking certain people mm. in my, in, specifically in my lineage. <laughs> yeah, but, okay. Um, there are certain people who were handed certain obligations who were certainly raging alcoholics um, who, you know, I mean, yeah, like, there's there's a whole, there's a whole thing with that in the Bay Area and great imagery and, you know, I mean, Ron Milo Duquette has already, you know, said the said stuff, like, told stories about, you know, Grady McMurtry basically being so blacked out for his nice degree that he doesn't even remember it. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Thelema and, you know, let's say the um, heavy use of uh, mind-altering substances go together like bread and fucking butter. Well, you know, that's interesting, because um, my friend Chris Bennett, who wrote Lieber 420... He wrote uh, can mm-hmm. so- Cannabis and the Soma Solution and Sex, Drugs, mm-hmm. and Violence in the Bible. So he's a, a pal. And um, I was just up at his Soma Institute before I came to California last summer having my first uh, experience. He was showing me around the place so I could 
host retreats there and also giving me a three-day first introduction to uh, DMT and 5-MEO DMT, which was amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got the toads there and everything, outdoor hot tub, fired by salt, by firewood. And it's an amazing piece of land three hours north of BC or Vancouver. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and, like, you know, people can stay there for, like, 60 bucks a night. There's no alcohol allowed on the property. Cool, it's, yeah. It's really cool. Like, oh, But there's, like, Peruvian torch and peyote cactuses growed there legally, which you can legally consume. It's all legal in Canada. Mm-hmm. So that's Wild, pretty, yeah. yeah, right? So anyway, he was telling me, he revealed to me in a little interview um, the new title of his book, and it's Alistair Crowley and the Herb Dangerous. And one of his main things is he's looking at how OTO has changed and sort of removed cannabis from a lot of its... As, as, a, as a primary sacrament, which it was meant to be, he, he's, I believe, I'm, I don't want to misrepresent what his research, but that's what he's sort of saying, and he had a direct experience of this when Lon came to Vancouver and took he and I to our first Gnostic Mass on the anniversary of Liber Al, and we all read it together and all that stuff, and, and it, was, it, was, yeah, it was a really beautiful, it was, it was a beautiful experience, I, I'm, I was glad to get to experience a one Gnostic Mass for sure. Um, but he tried right. to light up a joint afterwards, and everyone there is drinking their wine. They're like, you can't do that. That's not welcoming right. in, this, in this vicinity. And go outside and preferably down the block or something like that. And have, he was surprised. Yeah, I have some experience with, I have some experience with that myself, actually. Um, is it odd? I mean, did, I, am I wrong that it seems odd that, that uh, in the OTO they would be, like, see, drinking wine, but they yeah, wouldn't allow I, a joint? I get, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, absolutely. I absolutely get that. Um, and I feel like they could have tried a little bit harder to, um, you know, because in the U.S., the uh, OTO is a 501c4 religious nonprofit. Oh, um, they, could have, they could have integrated, tried, you know, like you have uh, fucking this cannabis churches and shit. Like, right. they could have tried a little bit harder to integrate that into, you know, it would have been... It would have been a mess, especially when uh, they did get their uh, non-religious non-profit status. I believe uh, McMurtry is the one who got that in the 1970s. Excuse me. Um, It would have been hard. And the thing is, you have uh, you have a you know legal non-profit status that they're trying to keep up. Uh, So, and you know, just from from a legal standpoint, I understand from a magical and religious standpoint, you're absolutely right. It's fucking gibberish. It's weird. Um, And what was weird is that this was in Vancouver after weed had been legalized. Right. Yeah, see, that's fucking weird. Like, I don't get that. Like, and I don't have anything against that. Like, honestly, I'm all, personally, I'm all for separating, keeping drugs and substances out of magic. I'm not, not exclusively, but I, oh yeah, believe it or not, bro, I, despite the videos I just posted, um, and and let me explain that then, it's because I actually, I'm not a fan of, I'm a fan of doing sort of everything, and so I think it's really valuable to do, not necessarily both, but experience magic sober, and then like, you know, so you sort of have, I see that sort of as having a base work, I did, I, I, I went through the whole GD system, and inner order, and by then, when I was 24, a year after having moved on, had my first toke of weed, and that was I was then a year after that that I really experimented with with the booze when I was playing in a band in Ireland, and uh, I was glad yeah, that I had that sort of base. Yeah, oh god, it was like mandatory. <laughs> like they didn't even like how I dressed coming out of seminary. They're like, you know, you you don't really look like a musician there. <laughs> I'm like, what should I look like? They're like, I don't know, but you look like you're you know, a professor. I'm like, well, yeah. 
and they're like, <laughs> you just don't look right. And, you know, a couple <laughs> years on, I figured it out. But um, right. what was um, interesting was having that groundwork of understanding my sort of astral and subtle experiences and magical bodies in a straight state. I had like that as a baseline. And then in mm-hmm. my experiments with psychedelics and plant medicine ever after that, it was sort of, it was something that I could clearly understand how it was augmenting and how it could serve and how it could distract. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I, I'm not saying that that's the path for everyone. Fuck no. But I'm right. saying yeah. that I'm glad that I had that experience. And I think if you're going to do a ritual work, Chris Bennett said to me while we were up there, he said, he said, here's the thing, RC. He said, don't you find that doing rituals but not having uh, the medicine is sort of like missing the main point? And I, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. No. I, I said one thing I was always curious about was when I first experimented with these things, I was curious to see if any of them would do something more amazing than I could do magically sober. Right. And one thing I did discover was that none of them really did that much that I couldn't achieve naturally, but naturally through ritual and stuff, it's very hard. Like, we're talking days of fasting, we're talking 12-hour vigils, and doing rituals over and over and over until you achieve ecstatic states, right? It's way different. Right. But, um, you know, I think it's, 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 all, it's all a matter of experience. Well, my, 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 opinion, my opinion with that is, like, you should definitely, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it is a science, you should definitely experiment. Um, and there, uh, and also I think that some people use it as a crutch because, I mean, you're, you have experienced, uh, DMT and 5-MeO DMT, uh, which in my experience is just, you know, fucking skipping a bunch of steps. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and now I, I, I feel like you can, I feel like a lot of people tend to, uh, what's the right, right terminology for this a lot of people um kind of church up their addiction yeah uh, yeah you in, know clearly in, in, in perfect in, example yeah. okay like you have you have uh you, you have someone it? well it's it's not just it's not just rationalization it's uh, it goes far beyond that where you know you have you have someone like Crowley who uh was you know, horribly addicted to heroin, um, who, you know, tried at least to present that as though this was some arduous task that he took on for the sake of magic. It's like, motherfucker, you're addicted to heroin. (laughs) Yeah, I always wondered about that. I did my book report in grade eight on Crowley, just mainly Mm -hmm. to, to try and shock my teachers. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was—I remember him saying that that he was just trying to test his own self mastery and run off into right. the, naked into the trees for days to break the heroin addiction and then get it back again and then break it again and yeah, and I always felt that it felt there was a little bit of I was suspicious even at age thirteen. Yeah, that's complete. It's because it's complete nonsense. Like um, and uh, you know, <clears throat> there's a uh, there's. Some people who I otherwise absolutely positively don't respect who have said some pretty intelligent things about Crowley and his, um, you know, churching up of his addiction. Uh, the, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it is what it is. You're, you're addicted to a substance, you're physically addicted to it, and how much will can you really have if, you know, you wake up in the morning, fuck it, 
sweat and shit in yourself if you don't get oh, that. Jesus you know? Christ. God, yeah, I mean, I addiction imagine. is very real. I quit drinking, you know, uh, cold turkey because that was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was affecting my life, it was affecting my magic, and oh, it wow. no longer served the purposes that I, you know, had for myself. So I cold turkey quit drinking. I would not suggest that to anyone. But um, it is now, now that is testing your mastery. Yeah. Like, you know, getting addicted to something is not. Well, it also you know? can be dangerous for some people to do Physically. it. You can kill yourself. Right? So this is not advice yeah. that it's not that if you can do yeah. a cold turkey, you're, get, you're just for anyone listening. Yeah. That's, yeah. Consult with no, a physician. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, uh, it's definitely not something that I would, that I would suggest for people. It's, uh, you know, I mean, for me, like I, my... Magicians tend my, to work with extreme uh, recipes. Yeah, my, my path is very, very extreme. Uh, the choices that I've made in my life, the way that I've pushed myself, uh, where I am currently, it's all, you know, I, I am an extremist. My, my work is finding a balance in that, but not denying the nature of who I am, which is a very extreme person. It sounds uh, like you're saying you, you, you let your pendulum swing wildly, but aspire to be at the top where the pendulum is anchored. Right, absolutely. That's uh, interesting. You know, I've like, never thought of it that way before, actually. Yeah, Crowley, Crowley goes into a little bit of that in uh, Libra LS, um, is, uh, you know, his book to his magical child, um, where, you know, you, you should, uh, if you, depending, I mean... If your path is you, sh if your path is this, you should choose to you know uh, push yourself and attest everything. Uh, you know to take in things that are uh, adverse, adverse to your own nature, even in order to have that experience. Um, for me personally, uh, the the more that you experience, the greater perspective that you have. You know, I, I grew up on fucking chaos magic. I grew up on Robert Anton Wilson. Nice. I grew up in, in that, in that scope, uh, you know, like the, the you know, psychedelia, like, you know, Tim Leary, all that crap. Like, and, uh, you know, for me, it's been, it's always been very important. Um, I grew up in a very restrictive household, a very, um, evangelical, you know, restrictive religious household where, where, uh, where was that? Did you grow up? I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. Yeah. I was just talking to a father in Kentucky, place. in Louisville, Kentucky, the other day. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah, Shout uh, out to Frater Solis. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the home of the Kentucky Derby, which should have just happened uh, the beginning of this month, but <laughs> due, to due to current thing, disease outbreak. The Marshall and uh, Osiris. Yeah, we're we're pushing that back to uh, September around my birthday. So, and I I like to go to Louisville for the Kentucky Derby um, because, as a hero of mine who is also from my hometown, likes to say the Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved. And sounds like I a Calgary not, stampede up in Alberta. Uh, it, it's uh, it's it's something. If you ever wanted to see a bunch of Real drunk, boring white folks get real, real wild. It's, it's a good spot. If you like bourbon, 
Good God, it's a I, place to be. I have a penchant for uh, for Knob Creek. Yeah, no, it's that that stuff's all right. Wood, Woodford Reserve, I, I oh, liked yeah. quite a bit. Okay, yeah. um, but I hear if you're actually in Kentucky, then there's a whole wider variety of local stuff that you can't get elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Is that the case? Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now Louisville too has uh, they've <laughs> uh, craft beer has gotten so you know it's jumped the shark to the point where now uh, craft bourbon has become a thing. And I know some folks from back home that who are doing good. a yeah craft distilling, and Louisville has turned into this big um, you know hub for this craft distilling. And yeah, it's uh, you know I mean. As far as I'm concerned, you get to a certain point with liquor where it's like, you, know, you can't, you're not, you're not fucking going and tasting liquor like it's like a wine tasting. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you can swish it around in your mouth and spit it out. And you're still gonna fucking black out after a while, like you know, it and this absorbs is, in your body. So, and all this, um, all this alcohol talk is is with a sober person. You're a sober, yeah. Oh yeah. See, here's here's another thing. But you can talk about it, no problem. Because it's which is strange, I find. I worked in bars after I stopped drinking. Holy like, shit! Now that is some. That is a bit of. You have a strong thelema, thelema. Yeah, I. I, I don't. Um, I don't because it's not for me. Does not mean that it is not. Um, and hence and being called frat or not. Yeah, N O U G H T. N A. Um, the uh, the uh, for me, I and it's it's something that I've. I've run into in in all areas of my life when people choose to no longer be a part of something or when people choose to no longer exhibit a certain behavior or behavioral pattern even um, they then pretend like they either never were like that or like that doesn't exist or like that is bad um, to me that's just a clear cut sign of weakness you know, just just because you don't fucking do it anymore doesn't mean that it is, you know, bad or that it is negative. And when I say negative, I mean mathematically negative, like it takes away. Mm. Um, some folks can, you know, drink and, you know, enjoy the, you know, nature of uh, alcohol. It's a little alcohol joke for you. Um, but... <laughs> And it doesn't become uh, a problem in their life. Uh, for me, it became a problem. So I, you know, after spending, I mean, I started drinking uh, when I was fourteen, and oh, uh, so you, you sort know, of you sort of did, been there, done that. Yeah, I just you know, it, I decided that it was fucking boring, <laughs> and and it really you know it was it was negatively affecting my life. Mathematically, it was taking away things in my life that. I wanted, so I decided that it wasn't for me, and I, and I knocked it off, and it has not been an issue for me since. Do you think being a magician helped that? Mm-hmm. Do you think being... I don't think I would have been able to do it if I wasn't a magician. See, that's interesting to me. Let's talk about being a magician then. So how did you get into magic? Was it, was your first books chaos magic and what were your first ritual experiences? Like what, what was it? Tell me your story a little bit. So I, you know, like I, I come from, like I said, like a background of chaos magic. I came to Robert Anton Wilson 
through anarchism, uh, I through through my political inclinations. Funny enough, I came to my religious inclinations, and that is not typically something that happens to people. I guess um, I uh, for me, I the word religion. You know, I mean, growing up in a highly restrictive environment, um, that the basis of that restriction was religion. I was one of those people who was, you know, a, you know, foaming at the mouth atheist for a long time, and the word religion, you know, set me off because of my previous experiences. And the more that I, you know, I came to the religious part way, way, way later. Um, my my introduction to magic and to that sort of thing was uh, via, you know, like your your typical chaos magic stuff. Like, you know, I mean... Phil Hine? I had a... Uh, Phil Hine, Peter Carroll, you know, the, you know, your standard issue stuff. Uh, the, the... Standard <laughs> the, issue. The book that really... The book that really... I think a lot of people really, are, are just getting into the path, so they're sort of curious what standard issue is. Uh, standard issue, I think, is the stuff that if you pop uh, Chaos Magic into a search engine, like the, the things that'll come up for you. Yeah. Um, or if you talk to someone who, you know, is uh, casually interested, the shit that they've read already, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah. Lieber Null and the Psychophon. Like, that, that, funny enough, that book actually, <laughs> um, I didn't come to until a bit later, until in my early 20s. When I was maybe 19 or 20, a friend of mine bought me um, a book by a person who I absolutely cannot stand by now, but uh, he bought me uh, Ray Sherwin's Book of Results. Mm. Um, which is going for like fucking five hundred dollars on the internet sure. now. You, sh- you should have bought ten copies. Ah, motherfucker! <laughs> I loaned my copy to someone, and it has disappeared into the ether. As oh you might no! Say. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Well, I've had the, I've had that experience, brother. Yeah, uh, I mean it's funny though because it's like even though the book's worth money, there's no way that I would sell it because just because <laughs> it's been a middle value, and honestly, I feel like. Um, I've started teaching, and uh, that book, the book of results, that is the book that I, that, to me, that is the best goddamn thing you can start with. And it's what I always appreciated about Chaos Magic, excuse me, is they strip a lot of the pomp out of magic. And they give it that, you know, sort of scientific, you know, edge of if you do these things, these things will happen. Yes. Grant Morrison always stuck out to me as someone who was like that. Right, yeah. I mean, like, this is, again, this is how I came to all this stuff. Um, So you think that book is still good? Absolutely. Oh, I thought you you said that you wouldn't stand by it I cannot stand by Ray Sherwin. Ray Sherwin is a fucking Holocaust-denying piece of shit. Okay, so you like the book, not the author. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, as far as I, I don't want to, I, because I, I'm not remembering this exactly, but uh, there is some UKIP cost suckers 
um, from the original run of Chaos Magician People Now. Oh. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, some, somehow, um, people who come from this really, you know, solid background have, you know, I mean, gotten lost up their own assholes, and that's, that's, to me, that's also a thing that tends to happen to, um, the private practitioner, uh, there's, there's this thing that we have, um, that really started in the eighties, uh, with the chaos magic stuff where, um, people think that they can be an initiate of the highest order without ever having fucking mm-hmm. been, you know, properly initiated. Mm-hmm. There's this idea that if you, you know, if you buy the right books, I tried to do and, that with Don Craig's modern magic when I was 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and there's, and I'm not saying that there is no value in that. There absolutely is a lot of value in that. You just can't really become an adept in six months. We uh, that and there, there's a ceiling to private practice. Yeah, that's there is, that's something people don't to, talk about a lot. I think they don't, and and I actually, I'm actually working on. Well, it's <laughs> it's gone from an essay to a book um, of uh, this this idea that I've been working with for a few years now of um, initiation being one of the aspects of, of adulthood, of, of life in general, that has just become, like, you know, lost. We... Uh, we in our in our modern world we we have this idea that you know we can do anything ourselves yeah um, yeah we don't need these we, rites of passages or these experiences of ceremonial recognition and transformation anymore right i mean all you have to do is walk around any cemetery in in the western world any cemetery that is a hundred plus years old, and you will see just how important Freemasonry was a hundred years ago. Yeah, you could be upper class, lower class, middle class, working class, and and Freemasonry was just a thing that adult men did at a certain age. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and this was this was a huge. Huge initiatory body. I mean, look around any major city, any minor city. Uh, in North America, and you'll see Masonic lodges. Yeah, you man. know, you there was this. I've got my Mason huge, hat on right now. <laughs> I've drenched it in water to cool my my body in this hot heat. Canadians aren't made for this kind of heat, bro. It's it's nice and cool out here. It's about sixty, maybe fifty-five. That's one thing I didn't yeah. realize that that. Frisco, yes, I said Frisco, is actually quite a cold place because of how it's situated. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's not really even in California. Yeah, it's, a, it's a peninsula, it's a little island, really. Uh. But what I, was saying, what I was saying is, um, initiation is, was, and continues to be, such an important part of, like, integrating, you know, the, the self uh, and and that has been just completely lost. We we've we've lost, you know. And, and for 
for fucking good reason, Freemasonry's died. No offense. Um, oh no, I agree. You know, I only did my I first mean, degree, actually. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in co-masonry. Yeah. I will not join a group that does not allow women in. Amen. I, I Amen. Can't, I can't do it. Uh, no, it's, man. It's, it's, a, it's, like mis, it's like removing the pillar of Boaz from the temple. Uh, that, is, that is a perfect way to say it. I actually said damn near the exact same thing in the piece I'm writing. <laughs> well, I knew there was a reason we were meant to talk. We've been sort of touching base with each other on Instagram, I think, for like about a year now, actually, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah. It's because, yeah. you know why? It's because I was planning on doing some lectures in Seattle, and there was this mm-hmm. person... Uh, named Nicole, posting all these great pictures of a huge OTO space that it seemed, and I was like, "Oh, maybe that would be a mm, good yeah. place." And I thought, I thought I saw that you were her boyfriend, so I I reached out to you, and you're like, "No, I'm in San Francisco, man." I'm like, "Oh, sorry, my bad." You know, hmm. all you OTO fuckers look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, he had like the uh, same bandana and the same glasses. Life. Yeah, Horizon Oasis up there. Um, they've uh, there's some real good folks. Uh, yeah, Seattle people are the best. There. I love Seattle. I, yeah, I, I actually, I, I, when I, I, I've lived in Seattle on and off since I was uh, six, seventeen. Um, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of friends and um, you know family up there. Um, yeah, it's, it's only an hour and a half from Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, when I was seventeen, I snuck through Peace Arch Park. Oh, into, shit. Uh, oh, the shit. scariest goddamn Indian reservation I've ever been to in my entire life. Oh, dude, that's and, dangerous. <laughs> and walked into White Rock, Canada. Oh, my God, that's um, where my grandma's lived. A, yeah, and then took a bus up to uh, Vancouver and spent five days uh, getting fucking drunk as shit and... Because of the age limit, right? And just having a hell of a time. Yeah, because you don't oh, have to no, be 21. I, I just lied and no one cared. <laughs> Because 19 is the yeah. legal drinking limit. But and 18 I, in some places. Oh, wow, yeah. I, I just, like, you know, I, I forget how it happened, but someone, uh, like, decided that they wanted to fuck me, so they vouched for me to get in, which apparently oh. works there. Oh, totally. Uh, the you know, punk bar. Um, yeah, when I was when I was like fifteen, sixteen, I would I would you know I had my long black hair and dressed really nice and like really fancy, really. Uh, mm-hmm. And so if if people after after events at Temple de Hootie wanted to go to the bar, the punk bar, or watch a band, they would bring me and they would have like one of the girls just be like you know he's with me and they would just let me walk right in. Apparently, I looked older than I was, and it was it was weird for me though because I didn't drink or do any of that stuff. I would just engage people. Oh, well, yeah. In conversations about magic and tarot. <laughs> like, yeah, I, when I was 17, I looked like I was about 15. So yeah. I have no idea how the hell that worked. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know. Well, I mean, say, it's, it's doing wonders doing wonders for me in my uh, mid-30s, you know, looking younger than I am. Uh, oh, no shit, eh? But yeah, yeah. When, I was, uh, when I was a teenager, I looked like a teenager. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No one, no one could be confused about that. Yeah. Um, they, uh, yeah, I just, uh, going, going back to what we were talking about, though, um, I just, I feel like this, this loss of such an important and vital, uh, part of, of our culture and our society, there is a massive vacuum. Uh, it's why, it's why, in my opinion, 
it's why things like um, magic and witchcraft are like in vogue right now um, because there's this really strong desire there there's people know that something is missing and they're trying to fill that that hole they're trying to plug that hole and fill that gap um and you know there's people like fucking david griffdor who are more than happy to take your money here's a little uh you know curly curly entity for you you know i the book of lies uh, the fucker's born every minute. I just realized you, know? you called him David Grifter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we call him Gargamel yeah. in the Golden Dawn world. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've avoided your Golden Dawn worlds very, very intentionally well, for a long time. That's unfortunate. That, <laughs> that it's it's unfortunate it's that it's just a few people spoiling it for everyone else, but that's how it always is, right? That's, yeah, that's, I mean, you just described everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, it's not to say that I've avoided golden, you know, golden dawn magic, for well, fuck's sake. When how I got, can you? How can got, you? It, you, 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 you? You literally cannot if you are in the Western <laughs> tradition of hermetics. Like, that's that's the fucking thing. Well, even a lot um, of the pagan is pagan methodologies are oh, still based right, on GD, yeah, and a lot I, of that's based it's all, on It's all based the on mass. that, and the, 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 you know, Wicca world, you know, like, all that stuff is just dressing it up in, you know, different robes, but it's the exact same shit, you know, these people are trying to claim, you know, ancient rights to something that uses, like, Yeshua and Adonai in the fucking rituals. Like, oh, I know, right? <laughs> well, that's what turned... predate Christianity if you mm. fucking mention Christian stuff. It's yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know, you look at the what's written on the back of the 5 equals 6 adept lawman, it says mm-hmm. in Latin, like, you know, Master Jesus, man and God. Right. Jesu, Jesu, Magister Jesu, Deus et Homo. Yeah. That's what it says. Like, yeah. it's not like, it doesn't say Zoroaster, it doesn't say <laughs> Moses, it doesn't say Apollonius of Tyana or Aleister Crowley. Yeah. It's Jesus yeah. Christ, baby. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, that's another thing, it's just, it's hardwired into our culture, and you can either embrace that and work through it, or you can ignore it and still have it be a part of your life. That exactly. was, for me, going going into uh, the, you know, the melee of mysticism and alternative religion, for lack of better terminology... Uh, was a lot of facing that, you know, reactionary disdain for anything Christian. Mm. I, I had to deal with that. I mean, there was a minute there that I I could have been described as, you know, almost a Martinist. Like, it was, I was so deep into Christian mysticism that, I really, you know, I, I mean, I I went from, you know, this typical teenage rebellion to really embracing it. Um, you know, now I've I've worked worked my way through that as well. Um, you know, but you know, Jesus was a fucking magician. Like, I, I, you know, read read the New Testament, even you know the, the modern versions of it. You have this guy who had. You know, like the Zodiac, he had 12 fucking followers who went around, you know, the Holy Land performing acts of magic, 
Like he doesn't yeah. get more. His you know, his issue with Simon up. with Simon Magus wasn't that Simon Magus was doing magic. His issue was right. that Simon Magus was selling magic. Right. And hence, we yeah. have the term simony for selling yeah. magic. Which, of course, strangely, people are overlooking these days. But whatever, more power to you guys. Do whatever you want. Some traditions, it's part of it. So, you know, do what thou wilt. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I always mean, say that when if you go, when you, you, you were mentioning if you work through the Jesus thing, I was say, I've always thought, like, you work through the Jesus thing, you end up with sort of Osiris, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's how it worked for me, right? Like, you know, I... I, and I mean, that's how it works for Christianity. <clears throat> well, no, that's like an ex-Anglican priest, actually, in Canada, I believe, uh, wrote a really good book called The Pagan Christ. Now, there's some, schol- yeah. there's some scholarly weaknesses in it, but essentially, mm-hmm. it's a very valid point. Like, you know, the iconography, the imagery of Mary and Jesus is explicitly adapted from the imagery of Isis and Harpocrates. I mean, there's no debate on that in, in archaeology or history. Right, I mean, the, the crooks, the, you know, the, the curved staff of Osiris, it's, you know, they, you know, try to, try to make that about, you know, the shepherding of men in, in, uh, the New Testament or whatever, mm-hmm. but, like, really, it's, it's the staff of Osiris, you know, and I mean... That's a great observation. The, you have the, yeah, I, I lifted that from Manly P. Hall, um... Oh. You, you have, uh... <laughs> well, at least you give credit where credit's due. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's no point, there's no point in pretending like I invented a bunch of stuff that people have been saying for hundreds of years. Um, <laughs> you know, and speaking of scholarly weakness, I mean, Manly Palmer Hall, like, you have, uh, in my opinion, uh, you have someone who really, uh, like... I don't know, set a lot of the philosophical, at least, groundwork for this, you know, modern occult revival that we're in the middle of right now. Um, and, uh, you know, and he, uh, most of his scholarship has been, you know, completely and thoroughly debunked. Um, but yeah, he, was, he was actually, unfortunately, quite weak as a scholar. Very. Um, but the the thing that can be said is that he first he his entire education in you know the Western Hermetic tradition, amongst many other traditions that he was you know adept at, um, were all through independent research. Well, that's like that's, he that's his, it. his his Masonic his Masonic. Um, degrees were given to him honorarily after the fact. Well, I don't think I, I, I may, if I knew that, I forgot it. Interesting. Yeah, he very, very much so uh, actively avoided joining any body of Freemasonry while he was writing about it, because if he did, he would have been bound by oaths to not talk about it. Uh, interesting point, yeah. So he very, he very intelligently avoided joining any groups, so he could write about it. Well, that's it's almost also, sort of noble of him. Yeah, I mean, one thing I will say about Manly P. Hall, and I have, you know, I have, I take issue with a lot of his um, extrapolations. Yes. Uh, it's like I love the math. I, I don't like, you know, the. 
He's extreme, I don't like the answers. He's extremely loose in his equivocations, as we would say. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you this, also have this sort of looks like who... that, so it's the same essence, and like that's Neoplatonism right. at its worst. Yeah, but he he identified as a Neoplatonist, like that well, was. What know, I'm saying he, is, if you he, take that to the radical extreme, you don't even. It, it's like you're going to be you're going to be grasping for the handle of a cup because the Platonic cup has a handle, but the one in front of you might not. So. Maybe you should pay attention to the details of a thing like Aristotle recommends. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I mean, like, yeah, there's, you know, I, I like I said, I take issue with a lot of the, um, a lot of the, uh, what I just, you know, what I and scholars who have since his, you know, whatever, I, I, it's it's reductionist as fuck. Like there's yeah. there's only there's only so much. You know, I mean, and it just you know it's it's you know the grand tradition of shit that we have nowadays. Like the fuck, what the fuck is it called? Um, you know, shit like the secret, like well, where yeah. you have you have people who you know they they through just, you know, confirmation bias gymnastics, strip everything that is feel bad or that involves work um, out of these, you know, ancient traditions that are usually about 100 or 200 years old, um, and they turn it into some fucking feel-good money grab. Yeah, uh, power and of that's, style. Yeah, it's just, you know, it is what it is. Like, yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not going to pretend like it hasn't led a lot of people to the real shit. No, man. Um, no, no. But it, you know, it's just it's a fucking hacky nonsense. Like, <laughs> you know, you have you have a lot of stuff, and I mean, here's the thing: is people people tend to uh, want they want the results. They don't want to do the work that leads to the results. Um, and this is, this is a part of, uh, initiation yeah. and, you know, where you get to initiation, um, being stripped from our culture mm-hmm. is people no longer feel the need to, and I no longer, people have always been this way, but there used to just be institutions that force you to do this. Um, people don't, people don't feel the need to, uh, work for things, capital W work. Um, it's just sort of, you know, like I, you know, I read these books, I believe these things, gimme, 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 you know, and, and without doing the work that leads you to the next degree, you get this as a Mason, without doing the work that leads you to the next degree, you have not attained that degree. Absolutely. You know, this is the thing is, is people feel like, and you, you run into this in, you know, in a lot of modern self-initiatory, you know, traditions, for lack of better terms, um, where people um, just don't feel, people don't feel like they they have to do the work and like the work is like some like hokey throwback or something. Um, 
you know, or it's, you know, the, the work is just something that people did, you know, when, you know, they were selling degrees or whatever. But, like, here's the thing is, like, the reason that they sold these degrees, and to go a little bit back to the AMORC, uh, the reason that people sold these degrees was so they could pay for the institution to perpetuate itself. For sure. And so they could pay for, you know, this space that you're using to do the initiations. Or so they could, you know, pay for the ritual implements that, you know, like... Dude, at Temple Dehuti, just the cost we had a month on candles and incense alone for the uh, 24-hour functioning. You could sign up in time slots for 24-hour cycles seven days a week pretty much unless there is rehearsals or initiations or classes in two different right. full temples the the candle cost alone is is hundreds of dollars a month at least yeah i run my own temple now i oh no boy, oh boy do i understand that yeah. like when i became yeah. imperator at tahuti first thing i did was raise the dues and made them monthly and everyone else in the international golden dawn was like what how did you do that I said, you know what, I was like, well, we've been in the red ever since I've been a member, and since, yeah, you know, I said, so what I did was this, you know, and I spent some time as a cancellaris as well, so I learned a few things, yeah. I, I was I was 20, but I, I, for somehow military promotion, I, got, I became in charge, and I was like, yeah. and I was like, look, I took the cost of running the place, and actually, I think Martin, who's now with Zalewski, he also gave me this idea, actually, I think the idea might have come from him, that just divide the expenses amongst the members... And make it monthly. This is the cost for all of us to keep this place going. No one's getting any money out of it. We just want to pay right. the bills. Yeah, and, I mean that's that's um, Blazing Star Oasis uh, OTO, my initiatory body. Um, and like you know, like I said, I'm no longer OTO, but I love everybody at BSO. I love everybody at Blazing Star Oasis. Yeah, they put um, out some they're, good they're, posts. I've noticed. What's that? They put out some good posts that I've liked. Yeah, they they are they're about doing the work, you know. They're about doing the work. Um, they're as far as the the national landscape of OTO goes. Um, people fucking hate them because there's this perception that they're the in air quotes liberal, you know, like bodies uh, body rather. Um, <clears throat> because yeah. we're in the Bay Area, but and because isn't the OTO essentially uh, liberal in 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 the proper sense, not the American political sense. We see, yes, but people are people are attributing the political connotation of uh, liberal to BSO. We're, we're which, really stuck on that fair. shit these days, aren't we? Well, everyone's obsessed with it. It's team sports. It's so crazy. It's team sports. See, we we you have know, a, we have a three the, party system in Canada, so we don't get this bifurcation that you guys get down here. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Here's the thing about you know that that level of you know, mundane politics is I could give a fuck. Like I Amen. despise liberalism as much as I despise conservatism. Yeah, it just um, seems in like the American it, political sense. It seems like, like a whole sham just to distract us from what's really going on. Well, I mean the these these yeah, I don't want to do all this too much, but you know, these these politicians who are selling us, you know, the jerseys more or less mm. But these two teams, they're owned by the same fucking people. Who gives a shit? That's what I'm saying, you know, right? If, if, if Bayer or, you know, Pfizer, 
is fucking paying their bills and giving them a job once they go into the private sector. Who gives a fuck? Like, these people are... You know, it's a grift. It's it's just another grift. Like, and as we've and, seen, even Jay Z flew with Epstein. So, yeah, like everyone, you know. everyone flew with that guy. And like, you know, yep. who 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 isn't taking money from the Coke brother, brothers? Right. Brother? You know, well, brother <laughs> now. You know, the other one fucking the other died. One's <laughs> waiting, the other one's waiting for him in the dark realm. Yeah, hopefully. Um, in the black you know, lodge. I, yeah, hopefully, yeah, for sure. Double. I mean, you know, like, yeah, this, this <laughs> all this, all this uh, political distractionary stuff is. It's just, it's just that it's a distraction to keep people from, you know, like, and and I and I say from my own bias, like I am, I I acknowledge my bias is the difference between my position and a lot of other people's positions is I acknowledge my bias. That's also I the am. first step into real scholarship. Right, yeah. Of any kind. Uh, of course. If you can't locate you know, yourself, you can't locate jack shit. Right, well, I mean, you know, it's uh, going back to the, uh, you know, my my coming up through uh, Robert Anton Wilson and Timothy Leary, um, which they were expounding upon the work of Crowley. Um, the, you know, my favorite, my favorite, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but a saying maybe or something, yeah. is, uh, comes, comes, from, comes from Crowley and was expounded upon by Tim Leary. Um, you know, we view... We view reality, we view everything from our experience, obviously. Um, and our, our view comes through... Oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. You um, okay? Uh, yeah, you're kind of cutting up there for a second. Oh, sorry about that. And now, a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Um, our view comes through what's like a telescope. And we can only see things through the other end of this telescope at a distance. And the more that we experience, the more that we integrate through that experience, the shorter that tube becomes until hopefully, you know, the tube eventually disappears and then we can see with greater perspective. Um, and I also, I tell my students and anybody else who will listen that every magician who is worth their weight in salt should get confirmation bias tattooed on the inside of their fucking eyelids. Mm. Everything that you, everything that you experience everything that you research 
everything that you talk about is filtered through your own biases. We we tend to uh, confirmation bias uh, just for anyone who's not familiar with what confirmation bias is. It's a term in psychology that refers to our um, our uh, what would you fuck um, our. I can't think of the right word. It's our life, the, the way that we perceive everything and the way that we absorb information is based on what we already believe. Yeah, sort of like because we experience something that such a way, we tend to believe that it is such a way. Right, and, and because of the way that we interpret that experience. Um, we interpret things... From our own perspectives. Yeah, I always um, liked uh, my 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 mentor in seminary, Sally McFaig, who's an amazing theologian, and uh, the name ecological really theology. Oh, she's she was seventy two when she taught me twenty years ago, and she's still like lecturing. Nice. Yeah, first uh, female uh, head of a university, dean of a university ever in the world as part of the affirmative action back in the day. Then she actually quit, there you go. left her husband, who was the head of the philosophy department, moved to Vancouver to marry her girlfriend. Yeah, right on. <laughs> That's a great story. I love that story. Fuck yeah. Isn't that the coolest shit ever? So I had her as yeah. distinguished adjunct professor of philosophy and or theology, and she always quoted Eric Heller, be careful how you interpret the world, it really is like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's, absolutely. You, you, that quote's sort of been uh, re- reproduced by many people in many ways, I think, since he course, coined yeah. it. Yeah, but that yeah, the confirmation bias is a is a powerful thing. It's almost a magical thing, and it, as a tool, you could even almost use it in a chaos magic sort of way. Yeah, uh, um, Ray Sherwin goes into it uh, quite a bit. I don't think that he actually refers to it as confirmation bias. But uh, Sherwin actually goes into it quite a bit, which is fucking comical considering his, you know, position since then. Fucking a Holocaust denier. Yeah, that's like, uh, and the thing, the thing is, it's not that they're denying that it happened. It's just that it's, it's you know, it's just, you know, 200,000 people as opposed to, like, oh. millions of people. So, you it know, like it that just wasn't a big deal. You know, yeah, oh, you know, it was just a few hundred thousand. It was just like a little virus. <laughs> it was like a little fascist virus that had to kill a yeah. bunch of people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's not that bad. You know, those crazy Jews always, you know, complaining and making things sound worse than they are. It's oh, like, yeah. good God, yeah. do you moron tear yourselves? Do yep. you fucking hear yourselves? It's fucking ridiculous. You know, and you just... The way that, you know, with age, some people just regress, like, you know, I mean, that's, that's why, and the whole getting lost up your own asshole thing, when you start to make everything so personal that mm-hmm. you lose the sense of, you know, collectiveness, then you're you're lost, you know. You're you're lost. You've you've gone so far into confirmation bias that you no longer you no longer realize that it is your experience. You know the the quantum the experiment of you know is light waves. 
or as light particles? Well, it depends on whether you're testing them for particles or waves. It'll mm. appear exactly how you would like it to appear. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. that's that's just like anything else. You can You can choose to, you know... Light is only waves. I've done lots of experiments to prove this. Well, yeah, yeah I've done experiments to prove that it's particles, and, you know, my, my data matches up with my beliefs, mm. you know, and your data will always match your beliefs because you don't have a way to objectively look at anything because there is no objectivity in the universe. Everything comes from a point of view. You know, like yeah. otherwise, you're not viewing it. It's yeah. pretty, pretty standard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's easy to lose. It's easy to lose, you know, and people, people are so thirsty for the truth that they forget that there is no such thing. Yeah. You know, there's, there, there are truths. There are truths. Absolutely. I tackle that in my opus, The Ethics of Understanding God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God is crossed out, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> because as a student of Sally McFaig, I ended up uh, at, at, at best a panentheist, at worst a pantheist. And you <laughs> could argue that I ended up as, a, as an atheist, in a way, in, insofar yeah. as I reject a supernatural notion of deity outside of nature. Ooh. I don't believe that there's anything outside of nature. I believe that nature and spirit are pre-categories to existence and since I've explored the psychedelic worlds that has actually been confirmed in a way that I never thought would be confirmed but there you go there's my confirmation bias alive yeah. and well yeah there you go I mean as far you know like I I'm interpreting another... the, the world in a way that serves me you could say right yeah of course it's, it's what everyone does you're just being honest about it um, the, 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 this is something that's come up a lot in, um, you know, mostly, I guess, like online circles, but, uh, this, this idea of, you know, is it all in your head? Um, you know, the, the psychological approach mm-hmm. to magic versus the, um, metaphysical approach to magic. Um, and I just, I throw that back to more chaos magic stuff. Where, you know, belief should be a hat that you can put on and that you can take off. It should not be your head. I like that. Um, I like that if a lot. You, if you choose, and it goes right back to confirmation bias as well, if you choose to view the world as a place where supernatural things can happen completely outside of your you. The, 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 the you that is formed, you know, after, you know, about two years old, two to four years old, depending, um, then, then the world will appear that way to you. You can do magic that will confirm that bias. Mm. You can do science that will confirm that bias, you know? Uh, however, if you choose to view the world as, a place, like you said, where there are natural laws um, and that everything has to, you know, uh, work in accordance with those laws, the world will appear that way. The world will give you loads of data 
that confirm that for you. Um, I believe both and neither. It depends on what I am trying to accomplish. I believe that there is no way in my limited physical time as me on this planet that I will ever get a solid, you know, uh, experiential understanding of that dilemma, of that, uh, because I don't feel, A, I don't feel like it's even a question. Um, you know, is is it all in your head? You know, like Lon, like Lon Milo Duquette says, yeah. you know, it's all in your head. You just have no idea how big your head is and how much it encompasses. When it comes to um, the... Um, metaphysical interpretation versus psychological interpretation and I always take issue with using the word metaphysical because it's a misuse of the word which is a philosophical word anyway what people should say in my opinion is spiritual versus psychological not metaphysical the word metaphysical should be thrown out of spirituality entirely in my opinion anyway Mm -hmm. enough of that but the point is (laughs) the point is um, that um, you know I think having those sort of two pillars of spiritual metaphysical interpretation versus psychological is sort of pointless because, and I've heard this before, but I was rewatching some of Lex Friedman's AI podcast and he was talking to Penrose, Roger Penrose, sir, I think it's a sir. And he was saying, you know, people call me a materialist and I don't really, I like that. And I was like, Oh shit, why? Because I've always considered myself a deep materialist philosophically speaking, and he said, because the reason I don't like that is because we don't yet know what the material is. Right. Yeah, and I agree. So saying, having this artificial uh, mental separation of what's psychological, what's spiritual or metaphysical, is sort of arbitrary and, and, and a false yeah. uh, dualism, because we don't yet know what the totally substance agree. is. And the idea that it's two separate modes of interpretation or substances is, is so absurd. Well, it's limiting, and it's a, it's a false dichotomy. False dichotomy. <clears throat> people want, again, people, people, people need dichotomies to, um, to base things, you know, you, you have to have an other to have a, you know, to have a mm. self. Well, it's useful as a heuristic um, model in the progress of understanding. Right, yeah. It's a, rung, um, it's a rung of a ladder to get you to the top of the roof, but once you're at the top of the roof, you don't need the bottom rung of the ladder no more. Well, unless you're trying to climb down. Yeah, why would you ever want to come down? Well, sometimes you got to go to work and uh, not um, sound insane. <laughs> no, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and, and for, for me also, I, I just believe that they're, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like there's, you know, there's, there's this false, there's this false notion that, uh, people get into magic and, and, and earlier in my career, I had repeated this. Um, there's this false notion that people get into magic for two reasons. Mm. That people either get into magic, um, for, uh, what, you know, what I've termed as for worshipful purposes, mm. um, religious purposes, or philosophical purposes. Um, people either get into it to do magic to align themselves with the universe or to control the universe. Um, and that is fucking nonsense. Uh, there's, A, 
if a magician thinks that he controls the universe, he's lost his fucking perspective and mind. Mm. Um, like, yikes. Like, really, bud? Like, billions of years, this thing's been, like, making stars, and you think you can control it? Mm. Tell me how that goes. Um, uh, or, you know, this the, 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 idea, <laughs> the idea that, you know, you can, through, like, you know, like, through, through fucking this ridiculous self-denial, you can, you know, align yourself with the movement to the unit, like, fucking gross. Like, you know, like, it, these are just different methods of understanding things. Hmm. And, you know, like, like, how much just obscene hubris does it take to think that you can even understand the workings of the universe enough to align yourself with them. In the last hundred years, we just figured out that there are multiple galaxies. We just figured out that, that we're not the only galaxy in the universe. Let alone like, dimension, maybe. Yeah, like, but you think that you can align yourself with our shit understanding of it? Like, yeah, I get fucking lot of that. You know, like, Interesting. like the, the best that you can hope for is to, you know, work into a greater understanding, you know, and a greater mm. understanding of your tool of observation, you, you and, know, like, yeah, at the same time, when you, you can gain, increase that understanding or alignment with something that allows you to achieve results, such as you said, without the magical you're being a magician, you couldn't have gone cold turkey, got off booze, and then kept working in bars, let alone joke about drinking. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing is, like, you know, magic, like any other science, is our attempt to understand things better. Yeah. Um, you know, and, like, if, if I'm doing an operation, if I'm doing a magical operation where I am trying to for lack of better terms, uh, cause, uh, cause something to happen. Um, I have to suspend or, um, alter my belief in order to make that happen. So I will approach things from the perspective that I just made fun of, um, that I am trying to control the universe. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. to me, that, that in no way, shape, or form contradicts itself because it's something that I'm trying to, it's something that I'm trying to use to accomplish a certain goal. You do not have to believe the general theory of relativity to use the equations in that for uh, for an op for mathematical operation, correct. You know, like and and the same thing goes with uh, quantum theories. You you don't have to believe that there are multiple expressions of the universe in order to do the math to prove that. Hmm. You know, like this is this is belief being a hat instead of your head. You know, if you. 
Uh, first off, you know, I, I don't know if someone else said it or if I actually invented it. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think I invented it. Let's, but, let's, um, say, let's say you did. Be- sure. Belief is, belief is a liability. Oh, I like um, that. In, in magic, belief is a liability. Oh, um, that's so good. That's if so you, good. If you, if you really firmly take a position on anything magically, you have limited yourself to that tiny position. If you, if you are, you know, if you want to be a magician who, you know, actually can do the damn thing, which I am, uh, you have to let go of the idea that um, belief is important. You have to drop the idea that you have to take a position on things. Right. You know, right. You, you have to put yourself in a position, but you don't have to live there. You know, like Las Vegas, Nevada is a fucking rad town. I love that place, but fuck me if I'm going to move there. <laughs> you know, like I like sloths. I don't need to live in Reno, man. You know, me like, of the, the famous but if thing. I want to. If I want to play slots all night, like, you know, I might have to go to Reno. Right. You know, it depends on what you're trying to do. You know the good old-fashioned saying, they say marriage is a wonderful institution, but who wants to spend their life in an institution? Right, there you go, yeah. No. Well, and paradigm shifting is a big part of uh, chaos uh, methodology in magic. Yeah. And uh, it it also, what you're saying, makes me think of um, the power of paradox in general and like the two pillars mm-hmm. in the temple are very crucial in our sphere of sensation as well to the very functioning of the creating the current that we do in ritual mm-hmm. that allows magic or what some like to call kundalini energy or whatever have you mm-hmm. uh, to function, right? Those two vibrating pillars create this energy of what Franz Barden called magnetic and electric, which I don't know if scientifically that's right. accurate, but it feels true. It's, it's got not, truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not really scientifically accurate, but it's it's got if it spiritually I mean it's scientifically accurate if you were like in the you know fucking thirteen hundred. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely it's it's got a spiritual truthiness as far as the yeah. methodology is concerned. It feels yeah. like that's what's happening. Like you've Absolutely. got this magnetic and electric pole and they're interchanging and there's this vibration and then they're there's a lightning flash and then you rise up as the serpent and you repeat the process until you have ecstatic experiences that allow you to dissolve yourself, rise upwards, create change, coagulate back down and manifest a different experience of reality. Right. And, and, and people can, you know, people can take the position that that's bullshit, but, and, and like you said, it is, but it isn't. If you do the work, if you do the work, it's real because it happens. You know, like, you don't have to, and most, I mean, like, a whole lot of, you know, the the terminology um, of of magic, uh, a lot of the, you know, belief structures around a lot of magic, you know, is, is like, renaissance, like, scientific understandings, you know, and, like, of course, we have, you know, in materialist science, we have moved way past all that shit, but the thing is, you need that to do the damn thing. Hmm. And just because you are, you know, using outdated terminology and um, even in a lot of ways just completely outdated science doesn't mean it's not real. Like, if you can cause, 
if you can cause physical change, me and my roommate were actually talking about this yesterday, the non-magical roommate. Cool. Um, we, were, we were talking about this uh, yesterday that, um, you know, uh, like, people, people have this, you know, like, again, false dichotomy of science versus religion, or in this case, magic, um, when... You, you know, like, you, you don't have to have that separation. You know, the, the separation of, you know, these these two conflicting ideas don't have to be conflicting at all. I mean, fucking, like, as a non-scientist, read some, you know, layman's, you know, layman's accessible uh, scientific research about anything quantum and you'll walk out of that religious. You know, like, mm. I mean, the fact that we have, you know, in theory, we have these overlapping universes, like, that is, you know, that's intense. Like, that's, that's a, that's a whole, you know, world of data that you can extrapolate a bunch of different shit from, yeah. you know? And again, with the confirmation bias, people can choose to extrapolate whatever suits their fancy. Um, but if you if you try, because you're never going to actually be able to, but if you try to um, approach that from, you know, a non-biased point of view, um, you know, you can you can get you can get a lot of useful data and useful experiences out of it. You know, the answer, you know, to so much of what people seek is just stop thinking that you'll figure it out. You know, what do you, what do you want to happen? What can you do to make that happen? You know, like, fuck your beliefs, fuck what you were raised with, fuck what you've decided for yourself. You know, if you want something to change, you have to be able to do that. And you have to be able to, you know, strip away your own, like, ideas of what that should or should not be. Um, in a lot of ways, the, uh, the tarot card, the three of swords, you have, you have the, this simple formula, you know, it's like I say in my tarot readings and explanations, the threes are entering a new dimension. You know, this is, uh, what's his dick? Um, uh, the guy with the silly name who, oh, that narrows it down, uh, oh, the, yeah. uh, yeah, and our field the OTA really, uh, guy. The what? The uh, OTA guy. <laughs> fucking um, Poke, pokey. Yeah, there you go, Runyon Pokey. My, um, my fellow Bujinkan member. Yeah, uh, fucking Runyon. God, uh, what a silly I got name. To meet um, him at, uh, in '97, at my right before my 110 initiation in LA. Nice. Yeah. Cool yeah, dude. Yeah. Cool well, His book on the on the cipher manuscripts is probably the best one to date. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Like, fuck yeah. Well done. Um, I've learned so much about scrying through, like, fucking, <laughs> through OTA methods. <clears throat> Where's he based Never now, joined. do you know? He's dead. What, Poke? Yeah, right? 
poke run in the early 2000s. No. Pretty sure. Are you serious? Dog, he'd be like a hundred and something. <laughs> what? He was like sixty something in the seventies. Poke Runyon. Yeah. Well, that's why he didn't respond to me on Facebook, I guess. <laughs> I might be wrong. I very well might be wrong, but I uh, thought he, he died he like was, 2000. Was born in 1935. See, I, I I thought that he was older than that. I don't know. He very well might be alive. I thought the fucker died like you know 15 years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's alive and well. Yeah, he's still oh, alive. Good. Good oh, dear Lord, poke, poke. Uh, <laughs> a- apologies, sir. Yeah, I mean, so... I'm sorry I said you were dead. <laughs> he, he, he would be 65, 65 now, he was born 35, so he would be uh, 65, 75, 85. That's, that, yeah, 85 that, is... That well, that that's, that's, that's why I, he didn't I, respond I, to me on Facebook. If he's, if he is alive, I, sincere apologies. Um, he is yeah, alive. I thought that he's been dead for more than a decade. According to Metapedia, he is still alive. Oh, good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, he's gonna live yeah, to, wow, we, I thought he's fucking dead. We, we can all live to 120 now, right? Because of Genesis 6, 1 to 4. Right, yeah. Well, and... According to Matthew nineteen twelve, Jesus wants your balls. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's nice to be able to talk with someone who can go chapter and verse with me, brother. Hallelujahs. Oh yeah. No, I mean my, one of my first things that I did to to uh, bring me to my original atheism was read the Bible cover to cover. A lot of us did. Yeah, they don't like in uh, in evangelicism. Anyway, they really do not like you to approach the Bible like that, which I always found to be suspect. Yeah, yeah, just just uh, just read the parts that the Spirit moves you to read and ignore the rest. Yeah, or read the parts that we took completely out of context to, you know, justify our wackadoodle fucking interpretation. As, as they always told us in seminary, if the King James Bible translation was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Oh God! <laughs> did Jesus approve of that? Did he, did he come down and did oh, tell somebody dude, that that was good? Dude, we tell the best <laughs> jokes about that stuff in, in seminary. Oh my God! I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I uh, for a while there, I was strongly considering. Um, uh, yeah, like <laughs> I was strongly considering um, joining the Roman joining the Roman Church. Um, I did. Few non-professor paid philosopher gigs left. Huh. You know? I mean, it doesn't pay great, but, like, they cover your room and board, and you can, you know. Yep. I mean, Louis Constant was a fucking bishop, right? Like, I can bullshit. Très bien, monsieur. Yeah, I mean, most of them don't believe in God at all. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, in seminary as a Roman Catholic on track for the... the, uh, the diaconate to be a Mary Deacon, and then then the bishop took me aside and he said to me, "You know, we're not actually doing this, even though Vatican II <laughs> has like said so. We're not actually doing this." And I was like, "What? But, but what about Vatican II?" He's like, "That's what I just told you." And I was yeah, like, I just it. <laughs> "So, oh my God!" And I went into this massive crisis, and over that period of time, my wife actually uh, left me. Um, probably because I was in seminary and had zero time to watch Gilmore Girls with her. And, uh, <laughs> like, I didn't, man. Dude, I was like, you know, graduate school's fucking hard, man. You can't yeah, do anything oh, yeah. else. 
nothing else. And especially if it's theological college, it's academics five days a week, and then church Saturday, Sunday, and preaching and shit. You don't have time for anything else. Like seriously. Right. So, so that's when I went through a discernment process with my Roman Catholic arch, archbishop, Adam Exner, and the Anglican bishop, uh, Michael Ingham. And they, they said, read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And I read that, and I was like, okay, okay, there I'm going to go Anglican, because that, that's where I'll be more comfortable, and I shouldn't put yeah. myself through, through hell just so that I can enjoy the, the sacrifice of the Mass. Right. I mean, that was, you know, I mean, I, uh... Also, that meant that I could become a full priest, and it was clear to everyone involved, both bishops of both denominations, that I was vocationally called to the priesthood. Uh, There you go. So it was really cool. They collaborated to guide me in that way out of Roman Catholicism and into Anglo-Catholicism. Yeah, I mean, if they could have only done that, you know, during the Reformation, right? Oh, well, uh, I think I, I was just saying uh, the other day, like, to someone, to a friend, actually, last night, was, you know, uh, in seminary, they also told us quite clearly, our, our our professors of history were like, if Martin Luther nailed his theses to the door of the, of the church, metaphorically speaking today, because he never actually nailed papers to the door of the church, that's a, right, yeah, that's a story, yeah. but if he did come up with these, that if that issue had happened today, it wouldn't have caused any split. The church would have been like, meh, yeah, okay, sounds good. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've chilled out. The Roman Catholic Church, despite what they say, does change over time. Oh, of course. Yeah. Did you see that movie, Ah. The Two Popes, with Anthony Hopkins? It's actually really good. I did not. I watched it with the expectation I would would dislike it, and by the end I was actually in tears. Oh, well. There's a great line they actually said that's another seminary line, and uh, one of the guys says, one of the popes says to the other pope, he says, he says, can you can you pray? Can can you can you smoke? Can you smoke while you pray? And the pope says, no, of course not. And then the po- other pope says, but can you pray while you smoke? <laughs> and the answer, of course, is absolutely. Right. There's no activity yeah. under God that you can do, be engaged in, and not also pray. So it's an interesting point about interpretation and hermeneutics, just like you said, how we see things, whether they're true, true, or just a truth is a big point. Yeah, yeah, big truth versus, you know, a truth. Yeah, small t versus capital T, big C Catholic versus small c Catholic. Right, yeah, I I mean, you know, I... I, um, as someone who, you know, in the last, you know, eight years to be, you know, give it, give it a wide berth, um, I have gone from, you know, being, uh, being a magician who was, for the most part, um, rooted in materialism, uh, versus being, um, a uh, devotionalist, and, you know, which for me is the difference between, you know, um, being a philosophical magician versus being a religious magician, um, and now I identify less with the philosophy, and, and you could, it could be two things, for sure, um, but I would say, like, I'm, I am far more religious in my approach these days. Um, Isn't it funny how so many of us end up like that after we go through this these systems of training for such a period of time? Yeah, 
I think that if you don't, if you don't end up, because religion to me is my, is my interpretation, but religion is about the awe. Yeah. And philosophy like that. is about that. That's, that's <laughs> no, dude, that's really beautiful. The religion's about the awe, and we need awe in our lives, don't we? Right. I mean, what else? What else are you going to reserve that for? It's why we all see Marvel Avengers Endgame. <laughs> well, and why we all, we all Star didn't Wars. do that. <laughs> I, I haven't. I, I don't. I don't not see those movies. Because I'm snobby, I don't go see those movies because I was heavily invested in uh, the, you know, what, what what is known as the Marvel Universe now in my, uh, like, late adolescence and early teens. Is, that, is um, that your fancy way of saying you were into comic books? I was really into comic books, uh, yeah. you fucking dweeb. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, like, yeah, I, you know, I, like, I was really, I was, where, where you know... Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> I, I like I try to talk to people about comic books, like like legitimately try to talk to oh, people about really? it. They're like, "What the fuck are you talking?" About? <laughs> wow. Um, you like, know, and, and a lot a of a lot of my chaos character. magic uh, stuff was introduced to me via fucking comic books by the great Grant Morrison, and later by uh, Alan Moore. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like before I was before I was at all familiar with any of that shit. Like I ran into Morrison's work, like wow. you know, and and I still like you know, I mean, fuck, like his his the way that he writes because I mean Morrison. If I you know the, there's the big fake split of you know like you know more Morrison. Um, you know, and if I were, you put a gun to my head and you were like, choose, um, I'd be like Alan Moore all fucking day. Like, you know, but, um, I really, I enjoy the kind of, there's, there's like a, there's like a punk rockness to, uh, Alan Moore's stuff, or I'm sorry, to, uh, Grant Morrison stuff that, uh, Alan Moore doesn't really have. Hmm. Um, like I love, I mean, I love, I love both of them really pretty much equally. Like I don't feel like, and like their their beef is is awesome. Like I, I think that they probably go drink together when they're in the same town at the same time. <laughs> you know, like and here's another thing: along with along with initiation being lost, um, and this is a much less popular opinion, um, beef, like fucking occult beef, is is lost. Let's talk like, about that. Where is the beef? So, <laughs> people, people taking different approaches to things. Okay, look at Crowley. Perfect example. Crowley beefed with no less than Blavatsky, Garudachev, fucking Louis Spencer. He beefed with fucking everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, fucking. I think even his wives once in his once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean his own fucking followers. Shit. Uh, you know, Raider H, speaking of joining the Roman Catholic Church and promptly losing your goddamn mind, um, you know, like, there's, there's this, there's this idea that, A, that Pax Templi somehow applies to people who aren't in your fucking temple, like, right. I don't, I never, never got that, um, and that, that, that having, having beef, having these disagreements 
that leads you to vendetta even is bad. Like, no, that's awesome. Like, poets used to be, man, like people who exclusively, you know, they're, they are exclusively interested in, you know, the beauty and the art of, of, you know, the world and of writing about it. They beefed. People just don't, like, and it takes, it takes a level of passion about what you're into to decide, no, actually, really fuck this person, like, fight on sight. Like, that, like, people just don't have, because there's this, you know, like, A, there's this, like, you know, the New Age influence of, you know, like, oh, let's all just get along, fucking sing Kumbaya and shit, like, fuck that. You're like, like Age of Horror and draw the sword. Age of Yeah, Horus. like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I come from a background in, you know, like, punk rock, in anti-fascist activism, in, you know, these, these things where, like, violence, and, you know, this is off-putting to a lot of people, violence is an integral part of my life. Like, I, I do not think that violence is the answer for everything, but it solves a lot more problems than people are comfortable with admitting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that you know two grown, two grown men fighting over the English language is one of the most beautiful and sacred things. <laughs> That's some sexy um, poetry, hey. You know, like I, I I I think that people have a people are afraid to get into a fist fight. Like I can tell. Within, well, it's illegal now. Eh, lots of things are illegal. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know what you could I mean, most of the things that I do in an average day are illegal. <laughs> right. you got to stop um, that jaywalking, fratter. You know, like, I, I, I think that, like, the, 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 the lack of passion that people have for the subjects that they are interested in, even saying the subjects that they're interested in makes it sound weak. You know, like, like, do you care? Is this, is this your life or is this a thing that you do to sound fucking cool? Like, you know, is this what I call personality replacement products or is this an integrated part of you? You know, something I appreciate about you, uh, Aeon of Horus, Thelemite OTO folks. I appreciate your passion. Like, cause I do the, I do, I work heavily with actually, especially these days, given my uh, alchemy with the uh, invocation of Horus, which I actually don't know, but I think it might have been written by Crowley. I don't actually was. know. Was it? Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's yeah. amazing because it's very similar to the Golden Dawn invocations. Of course, he knew those. Right. He, he modeled well, it. You know, yeah, well, yeah, right. I modeled my, my, uh, my most popular thing, the invocation of Azrael. I modeled it after those as well. Of course I did because yeah. it's a formula. There's a pentagrammaton formula in there right. that is very effective. And, yeah. uh, but I work with the invocation horse and it's powerful, you know, strike, yeah. strike the master horse, draw, draw, but it makes me, and you know, and then you take that energy and you channel it into your ritual and your personal inner transformation into path working and summoning. It's very effective. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing that I, 
you know, and this is this is a little bit of the the, the chaos magic path, and a little bit of the polemic path, and a little bit of you know the like yeah, punk rock anti fascism is like I don't think the ritual ends when you take off the robe and put out the candles. Definitely not. Um, for me, you know, it carries on. I'm I'm a big fan of things like walking meditations. Yeah. I am I'm a big fan of and this is something that I have you know before, <laughs> before we weren't allowed to hang out um I was trying to get together uh with a working group which is fucking impossible like you know speaking of the new the new uh the new world that we live in why, of, why would of, someone go to classes and do group rituals when they can read at stay at home and buy books on Amazon while watching uh, The Magicians. YouTube videos, yeah. Um, YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm a big fan of public ritual. Um, if I'm out and my alarm for Libra Resh goes off, I'll fucking do it in front of God and everybody. I don't give a shit. You know, if that starts a conversation, um, usually I'm annoyed you wouldn't walk up to a Muslim right after they got up from their prayers and be like, hey, tell me about what you just did. Yeah, maybe, some people do that. Though. Some people do that, yeah. I don't know, I'm, like, I'm more of a, I've always liked, you know, when Jesus said, it, when you pray, don't do it in public, do it in a closet and don't tell anyone about it. Right, well. <clears throat> the Christians I, didn't follow that one very well, did they? No. <laughs> um, well, again, I, I think that it depends on your goals. My goals are that not is, to convert I think, the anyone. Point. My goals are not to convert anyone. I, you know, I'm not out there preaching the word of Aleister Crowley. Um, but I, first off, like the 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 very notion that in the eon of the child, um, if you take that perspective, um, that magic is something that's meant. To be done behind closed doors, initiates only. Like a, some magic is, of course. Yeah. Um, well, there's but, the alchemical like, alembic and the integrity of, you know, pure, keeping the fluid in the vessel. Well, I think that it was Barden that said, "The, uh, the, 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 and to be silent part of the, you know, powers yeah. of the Sphinx, whatever you want to call it." Um, the, the, to be silent is, you know, most young men do not, uh, do not join the military to go kill for glory. They join the military to wear that outfit to bars, you know, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm heavily paraphrasing there, but like, you know, like it's like a lot of people, you know, like to put on airs of being, you know, a fucking wizard, uh, to, to impress people that they want to have sex with. Um, and, and A, I take the Lemmy Kilmeister approach to that. Fuck yeah. Um, but B, that only works if you, you know, like, Lemmy learned to play guitar to get laid. Mm. Now, that only soul. works if you can fucking play guitar. <laughs> you know? That's like, a fact. Like, yeah. you can, you know... You can you can put on airs and you know pretend to be a magician who needs a script to do the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, 
Um, or <laughs> who could you know, to whom could you be referring, sir? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but his name rhymes with David Griffin. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh, you know, you can. I'm so you getting can, more can, deplatformed. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's worth it. Um, I'm but you know, like you can, trademark. like some some folks, some folks like to appear to be a certain way to get clout. Yes. Um, you know, this is nothing new. But but you know, this is this is very much my personal perspective, and personal being that it is for me. Like not for other people necessarily, unless they choose to. Um, I, the first four years of when I became serious about my practice, when I did the one year of every single fucking day, you start the day with the lesser invoking ritual. Um, you know, like yeah, the whole bit. Like well, I, there's I different ways of one, doing that. I'm actually an LBRP guy in the morning sort of person. Yeah, yeah that works too. It, it's not. Um, it's, it's really about what you're trying to achieve for yourself that day, right? Especially if you do sure. a ton of ritual work. Also, you might be doing not just 20 minutes in the morning. You might be doing two hours in the morning, and all, and know that you're going to do three hours in the evening. So there's you're going yeah. a lot of these rituals. You're going to do a ton of times anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I just mean the 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 one year that I did was one year of every day doing the lesser uh, invoking ritual of the pentagram in the morning. Yeah. Then uh, doing uh, my personal invocation of Thoth, which is heavily based on Libra Israfel, um, also a little bit based on my research uh, into the PGM and um, the other, you know, sort of, Source in air quotes material. Yeah, um, flowers books is one of the few, one of the twelve I brought down with me from Canada. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, it's good. It's good source material, and I'm, I'm always yep. interested to compare those versions of the rituals with the ones I learned in the GD. Right. Yeah. I mean, because that's where they got it. <laughs> like, sort of. There's yeah. other sources, but also, I I do tend to come out on this on the side of. I like the ones that have been developed more by people using them a lot recently, you know, over yeah. time. Like, yeah. like, new stuff is not bad. Like, I'm all for traditional no, orders. But, like, sometimes the, you know, the new shit's really good. I, well, people are always surprised that I keep, I still direct people all the time to Jason Liu's magic.me uh, training because because uh, I think, uh, as far as I can tell, and I haven't looked at his stuff, you know, behind the behind the paywall, but, like, from what I've seen, I paid attention to him, and it seems like for people who don't want initiation in the traditional sense and just want to learn the techniques, it seems like he's doing a decent, good job of that. Well, I'll keep my opinion of Jason Lube and Magic.me to myself, then. Well, no, I don't know. I do, I'm just speculating. I'd love to hear actual more opinions. Um, I'm just, I, I I'm mean, just a promoter I, I, of people who are giving good training, if that's what they're doing. He has too much, uh, he brings too much Eastern stuff into it for me, um, honestly, because I'm like, I'm sort of a Western purist, but that's because I came from a Maharishi family growing up with all that. Like, I didn't oh, read okay. the Bible growing up, I read the Bhagavad Gita. Like, you know, when I discovered oh, the Bible, I was like, what's this weird, strange thing? And my family, <laughs> so my parents were like, oh, it's what most people actually read. We're a little different. Uh-huh. I'm like, what? 
No wonder uh-huh. at playtime in kindergarten, I people were weirded out when I went into a full lotus and started like my mantra. Then you know, and I didn't I'll get invited. It. I didn't get invited over to friends' houses for the rest of that preschool. I tell you. Um. So so, what's your thing? What's your take on Lou then? He doesn't care if we talk about him. He's he's rich and famous now. Yeah, yeah. Give um, it, give it some other perspective because people might spend well, a lot of money and time on him. Okay. My opinion on Jason Lou. First off, you know, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And you stand um, by that. Or, or to simplify that in modern terms, you fucking do you. Right. Um, yeah, that's how I feel. I don't, live and let live. I don't give a shit. But um, my beef with Magic.me, I don't know Jason personally. Um, we are in a lot of different similar circles. Yeah. A friend of mine. I only met him once was, back in Vancouver, but he didn't know who I, I was. I've never met him. Yeah, he didn't know who um, I was at all. He worked, I don't he know worked him. at my buddy's bookstore, Banyan. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know him personally. Uh, a friend of mine went on some dates with him. Oh. That's the the limit of the personal information, and that was years ago. Um, that's the limit of the personal information that I have about him, is just her talking about him. Like, I don't, I don't fucking know the guy. Yeah, um, but you have an opinion on his honest, platform and his school. And to be honest, I don't know his, I don't know, I don't know the, the magic.me curriculum beyond a handful of people who um, who have taken some of those courses. I don't know I don't know much about it. What were their opinions um, and reviews of that? Well, I mean I uh, okay, I'll give it to you like this. Yeah. Um This is magic without spelling, fears. Remember buddy. that spelling library books thing I said? Mm-hmm. Jason Loof sells library books. Mm. Um, I take I take issue with um, I take issue with the the just the 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 the, the format of it. Like it's it's it, and in a lot of ways, it's just updated mail order mist. Do you think which you know has gotten slightly? into uh, teaching so I'm just readjusting myself do you think he's slightly mm-hmm. gotten into teaching things on such a broad scale that it expands beyond the realm of his actual mastery I don't know enough about him to say that definitively but it sure seems like it okay well that's um, a worry when someone starts teaching everything right yeah. Like, I really, I'm very aware of where my limits are. And, like, if someone wants to talk to me about Solomonic Magic, like, I can tell you my training and experience with it. But, like, go talk to Aaron Leach, right? Yeah, for sure. Or um, one of the other experts on it. Like, seriously, there's experts on virtually every aspect of the systems. And, you know, go yeah, find the experts. People have worked it a lot more than me. Um, you know, and that's why I don't teach that. Right. You know, what, what's, what do you like, teach? What are your expertise areas? What do you focus on with your students? Um, so what I focus on is uh, basically teaching foundational, foundational magic through what I call the 78 flashcards of the Western system, tarot. 
Well, is that your, um, own, your own creation? It is the, the what I teach is is my the the style of teaching is wholly my own. Um, the the curriculum that I use was put together by me. It's uh, it is it is partially based on. Um, <coughs> Uh, Liber uh, ex phil exordium or whatever the fuck I don't speak Latin. Um, it uh, Crowley's uh, basic, you know, AA stuff. Okay, um, were you in the AA? I am not, and I never have been. And I, the lineage stuff turns me off. Mm, yeah, um, it, it should turn uh, everyone off. The uh, it's it's like the lineage battles in the AA are much nastier than anything I've even seen with the Golden Dawn. Yeah, I think the Golden Dawn gets a bad, sh- a, sh- a, bad a bad rap on that sort of stuff. Uh, they've earned it. Uh, <laughs> we have had a few bad apples, that's true. I, uh, you know, like, but, but, uh, I mean, the way, the way that, the way that I teach is wholly my own. Um, well, you know, it's obviously, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of some much, much yeah. greater giants, you know. You're standing like, on the shoulders of stacks of library books? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm standing, I'm I'm standing on man. the shoulders of, of practical experience. That's the thing, right? Like, that's where the real this power, is, I think, comes when you can work with someone who's done the things that you're about to do or doing, and they can say, look, I've done this a hundred or a thousand or for ten years or whatever, you know, times, and uh-huh. here was my experiences, not my one experience or not what I know to be true. Here were all uh-huh. my experiences. Take yeah. that information and and get on my shoulders or run further. Right. Yeah, that's um, basically um, my here's here's the thing about the, the Internet and people like uh, Jason Louvre and and to a much greater extent. Uh, people like fucking David Griffin, David Griffin. Um, you know, like you, you, you have folks who quite obviously don't work the systems they're teaching. <laughs> like um, starting the LBRP in the West. <laughs> <laughs> and then having the hackiest excuses in the world for why you did that. Well, like in the recording, you can hear him say, we will now do the, the ritual in the actual East. So that leads you to think that they have the banner of the East in the symbolic East because it fits the shape of the room. But if in, in the system, if you actually were trained in the system, you'd know that if you're declaring a symbolic East in a temple with the banners and a full fucking temple and the full Why? opening, then that is the East. There's not yeah, then another East. what that means. You are declaring that the astral East. That's the psychical East. Don't have yeah. two Easts in the same yeah. temple. Why would you do that? Like, what, oh what, to God. what end? And to what end? What's with the KKK masks they're wearing and stuff? Like the... Mm. the yeah, so fucking, the law uh, of not... The, 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 I, the God I form of... Shut. <laughs> right, uh. so, so the hegemon, Thma'esnet, uh, Ma'at, the law, the universal law, is wearing a full-on white KKK headdress? Yeah. Jeez, so the full on, so the law of the magical universe in that order is white supremacy, and that's legit because he's Thule. That's yeah, cr- yeah, I don't want to get into I'm, it, but it's just you know I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't keep saying this to people if it wasn't for him 
personally breaking into my home while I was conducting an initiation. Like that's a crime. Oh, I don't, I don't have, I don't have that personal beef with him, and I'll fucking fight that guy on sight if I ever see him play physical fucking fight. Like I'm not, I'm not calling out violence actually, but I, I am. I, if you're a fascist, you're you gonna don't get me deplatformed, brother. Folks, he doesn't mean it. He's just a San Francisco hippie. <laughs> he's a he's a peaceful San Francisco hippie. He's just uh, he's just an unwitting subject of MK Ultra. He doesn't even know what he's saying. He's on acid right now. He's uh, on acid. People 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 know people know people know who I am. I and I am not shy about my anti-fascist work. Uh, um, and if people want to deplatform me. For saying that no, I'm not worried about you, motherfucker. I'm worried about me. Is a good idea. Oh yeah, no, you, you. I just lost you, my Patreon funding. You are doing this for for the sake of public information. If fucking Vice Magazine can interview actual Nazis, like you're good, brother. <laughs> well, I hope so. I I just had someone <laughs> someone join my Patreon, flagged all my content, and Patreon's response has been. We want you to keep producing your content. We'll keep charging your your patrons, but we're not going to give you the money anymore. Mm, that's nice. Yeah, it sounds legal, yeah. doesn't it? Sound legal? Yeah. But I have some great students there, and they really uh, they've really uh, helped support me through this. Like, this is not the yeah, time right. to lose what's what's left of my income, which has already like been eviscerated by the pandemic and book sales and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, you and I'm a Canadian stuck out. in America. I can't go home. Yeah. Yeah, yikes, that sucks, man. Uh, it is um, what it is. It's an adventure, brother. It's all an adventure. Yeah, it's, a, it's all part of my yeah. alchemy. Well, here's, 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 speaking of that, speaking of that adventure, um, here's, here's the thing. Uh, when, when people start teaching outside of their physical experiential knowledge, um, there's, there's flags, there's ways to tell. And if someone is claiming... I like this topic. You're very accurate. It's a very good topic that we don't talk about enough. Yeah. There's tells. Um, There's tells, right? If people are, if people are claiming, if people are claiming, uh, first off, you should under no circumstances, um, and, and this is, this is the real world academia, and and uh, you know um, you should not teach outside of your mastery, not yeah. your understanding, not your your knowledge, your wisdom that comes through mastery. Now, if you have not mastered a system, you have no business teaching it, and I will tell the fucking world you're a hack. See that's um, why that's why I was clever and I made sure I got a master's of divinity. <laughs> like, there you isn't, go. Isn't that the most perfect. fucking crazy? That's a literal interpretation of that. <laughs> and it is, and it's it's also funny because it's like the craziest degree title you could possibly get. It sounds solid though. Yeah, it's it's also <laughs> very hard it. to get. Like you can get an yeah, MA, no, you can get an MA in theology with thirty three credits in one year, an yeah. MDiv. Oh, yeah is three to seven years. Like, you got to have the BA, yeah. then you do three years. And they, they work, like, half, a third of my class didn't get through just because they couldn't pass the psych profiling. Yeah. Another group couldn't get through because they couldn't hack the academic rigors in the languages. It's a There's fucking... A lot it, there. Dude, it's a slog. And, yeah, and I'm grateful for... It was the best thing I ever did, uh, along with the, the GD and 
my parents putting me in Waldorf school, actually, that was a great gift. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, dude, I was in, I got to, like, oh, man, in my Waldorf school, I was in the same class with, like, Gibran Chong, Tommy Chong's son. <laughs> right on, yeah, I, I know some people who know that guy. Yeah, um, yeah, the, during the four years we were in high school, they couldn't punish kids for smoking weed, because every I, PTA meeting, Tommy Chong's right there with 12 other parents, what are you going to say? We, weed's a gateway drug, just say no to Tommy Chong. And now, a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do, since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week, or six dollars a month, or fifty for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. No. Um, the year after he graduated, of course, like, he, no, it, students got punished again. Yeah, it went, it went to uh, some, some more, uh, yeah. It was the 90s. Well, yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me, to, 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 to go back to that, though, um, there's, uh, there's, there's, there are, there are tells, for sure, um, and, and to, to run to to run a to run a school, first off, to run a fucking school, like that's 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 impressive. I want to know, I want to know the um, what would you what would you even call them the uh, the um, oh god, I'm like blanking super hard here. Speaking of smoking weed, um, I want to know. What gives you the where? I want to know where you derive your authority from first. Um, so training, because, education, background, accomplishment. Maybe. Uh, like, you mean initiatory authority? I mean, just any kind of authority. Like, where do you speak from? Because I speak from experience. As an anarchist, you have a strange attachment to authority, brother. Right. It's very, it is it's very, it is something that I absolutely acknowledge. And, and I love, I love lineages, despite not really being in one. And thinking um, they're bullshit and don't matter. Oh, right. I, I agree. They're bullshit, uh, they extent. don't matter, but they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, agree. We're back to paradox, uh, aren't off, we? First off, I love bullshit. <laughs> like, I won't lie to you. I love oh, good bullshit. Oh, yeah. I love, I love, I've always been of the opinion that a better story, or a good story, is better than a, a bad truth. Oh, yeah. Like, I want, I want the, I want the picante, like, you know, like, I want the fucking spice, I want the active fucking ingredient. Right, because, well, there's a difference between literal truth and other kinds of truth. Like interpreting the Bible, there's the historical, literal interpretation. Then there's the what they call, and this is from the Hebrews, the anagogical right. interpretation, and that's the spiritual yes, truth absolutely. behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And they definitely needed to have some fancy methods of interpretation as Hebrew Bible rabbis, given some of the stories in that book. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. How do you interpret Lot sending his daughters 
out to be raped by a mob. Rape, yeah. It's because he doesn't want to turn over two wayward angels. So these, can yeah, you imagine I mean, these you angels? These angels yeah, chilling with Lot, and they're like, "Yo, just have your have them rape your daughters and keep us safe." Yeah, and then he's like, "Yeah, that sounds reasonable." <laughs> yeah, right. That's what he did. Yeah, no, I, I've read. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking I mean, crazy. You know, like, like I, I just feel like, you know, you don't need to like. I don't need your your list of you know, like groups that you've been a part of or I don't need someone to spend any of their time and energy name dropping motherfuckers to me. Well, because none of Um, that actually speaks to real experience, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it can. Like, It It can can. be a part... Being trained by good people. It can be a part of the story. Yes, that's that's important. If If you are claiming to have been... Formally, if you're claiming any kind of formal training, I want to know who from, like, immediately. Like, that before even the the bodies that you were a part of, like, I want to know who in those bodies was over you. Yeah, well, it's it's what I always say, like, because I come from an order that was headed by a controversial guy, you know, who we (laughs) call Voldemort. (laughs) Um, You know, and you know who I'm referring to? Yeah, I think I do, yeah. Yeah, Zinky Poo. Um, And he's actually my actual (laughs) Roman Catholic godfather. Yeah, Like, I'm his godson. We're estranged as fuck. Yeah. That's what happens when you don't show up for the baptism or three years later to the wedding of your godson, seriously, and call away all the adepts in attendance to do third order work, whatever that meant. So, but like... When I tell people about why our order was great, it's like most people never met him. Most people went through the whole system and never met him once, right? And if they did, they were like, yeah, yeah. that's weird. Why is this old weirdos here? And it's like, yeah, don't worry. He'll be gone soon. Because then we'd get yeah. back to working with all the amazing adepts there, especially the main guy who taught us wasn't the Imperator. The Imperator just kept yeah. things going. And the main right. teacher was the Premonstrator, and that was always yeah. Ramsey's. And he's, yeah. he's the unspoken, whispered-of master in the GD world that everyone should want to train with. And he's still doing right. the same thing he's always been doing, training good magicians. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's the reason that Freemasonry is, has fallen apart is they don't make better men. Oh, God, yeah, that's a good point. You know? Um, and, you know, so so... In, in in the world of uh, esoteric instruction, um, you have you have, and it's always it has always been this way. Like always, always, always been this way. Um, frauds and hacks get the headlines. Frauds and hacks are the people who are talked about because they spend the vast majority of their energy promoting themselves as opposed to promoting the capital W work. Um, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and to, 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 a, to a lesser extent, um, you know, you also have a lot of people who um, have, um, like, done, done enough, done enough work to, to, to know, to know, like, the terminology um, Pardon my sniffling. I, I fucked up today and ate some dairy, which I'm not allowed to do, and it fucked my nose up. Yeah, 
Oh man, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I have uh, I have a uh, partial uh, sensitivity to dairy myself. Uh, oh, it could it could stop me you. from breathing, man. Ooh, that's not a partial sensitivity. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, I, I just, you know, sometimes I'm like, treat yourself, and then I'm like, you're an idiot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you treat yourself to pain. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the pain is good because every time I become less like, the, the, you know, I, I, I fuck up less every time after I fuck up. And because yeah, I'm man, like, pain, the, the, the pain's the teacher. The pain is the teacher, brother. Yeah, so, 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 getting back to that pain being a great teacher, um, you know, I, I refer to, I refer to my experience, um, getting me to where, uh, you know, I was when I really started, um, my, like, very serious studying, uh, I refer to that as my bullshit Siddhartha period, Okay. um, where, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a prince, <laughs> um, <laughs> Far from it, you know. Like but I, you also I weren't from... a fictional character. <laughs> I, I mean, not 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 Herman Hesse's Siddhartha. Like, no, I know uh... that's my favorite, so I, I made a joke. <laughs> I love that you knew that. Well, we definitely we definitely have to meet before I leave this uh, great, uh, or what, before I leave the country that in Canada we refer to our as our Mexico. <laughs> you like that one? You like that one? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I appreciate that. You gotta come check out my temple. Well, yeah. let's let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Maybe I, I could, uh, maybe I could go down uh, with uh, Fratter C, who I did the first interview with on this new revised cast of mine, because um, he's in he's in Sebastopol and you know head of the Amor- okay. he's head of Amwork there, head of the Freemasons. They're, he's like the right. property manager and, and a zero zero in the GD now. So. Maybe we can okay. come down and do a road trip because I don't have a car. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm super, yeah, super I, I uh, have a, European. I have cars I borrow a lot. Uh, <laughs> you borrow? Yeah, we won't get into that. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> friend of mine that we we basically uh, as as an anarchist, I believe in uh, mutual aid and uh, helping people get access to resources that they don't have. Um, you got so any? You got he, any lactate pills? <laughs> I do not. Um, I, I I hang out with that teacher quite it's, a bit. It's only an hour um, hour and a half to get to me, bro. Just getting. You're already in the car, right? We're doing this I in, am, the car. I am in the car. It's two twenty seven a.m. for those of us listening. <laughs> I slept in because of my late night supermoon ritual, of course, and so here we are. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get ahead of my my uh, daily release schedule so I can take a a day off Saturday and participate in a Beltane ceremony with Marilyn Mother Bear Scotts. Order of the Magical Cauldron of the Western Sea, with whom I'm participating as one of 13 priests doing the Eleusinian rites over a 16-month cycle for thir- no more than 13 candidates. That's fucking awesome. That's good shit. And because of the, what's happened, we've had to move it all into Zoom. And it's like <laughs> all of us are all of a sudden forced to become very real cyber magicians. Yeah. And, and it's cool, and though. I'm working... Yeah. Oh, are you? Say it again. You are you're an IT consultant. No, I I said and for y'all doing that and IT consultant. Oh yeah, I know it's a, it's a pain, but you know we're figuring it out. It's interesting to have to instead of doing three three day events at this retreat center here, Isis Oasis, 
instead of doing mm -hmm. that over 16 months, we've had to do zero meetings. I haven't met any of the other 12 of the priesthood, but I've talked to them a lot online and on phone calls, and they're amazing people. Like, two of them are professional mm -hmm. psychologists and therapists with, you know, families. Yeah, These are, like, veteran thing. pagan people who know their shit and know about yeah. how to reveal the mysteries in a way that's very... Um, oh, it's just amazing. It's very cool to work, and I'm honored to be they. They adopted me into their priesthood for this cycle, even though I'm from a Anglo-Catholic tradition and a Golden Dawn training. So that's right, I'm yeah. very honored to be a to be. I'm going to do an interview with her. She was actually telling me the other day. I talked before. Uh, I talked to you even tonight. I talked to her every day, Mother Bear. And she was, I was saying, you know, I was mentioning psychedelics and stuff like that. She's like, oh, we've done that lots. So, like, they bring it in and out of there. I was like, why don't you include that? She's like, oh, we did that plenty. She's like, the first time I did acid was from, a t from like, an eyedropper held by Timothy Leary when I was on a farm living with Ken Casey. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah, I love that entire thing. She'll clarify the story, good. I'm sure, when I get, when we do a podcast, but, like, Whoa! It's like I'm thinking I'm being all edgy, saying, "Oh, you're not including the kaiki on the um, you know the psychedelic beverage of the Eleusinian mm -hmm. mysteries." Naughty, naughty priests, and they're like, "Oh, we've done that so many times with different drugs. It's not even funny." I'm like, "That's right. You're 82, and you've been doing this longer than I've been alive by almost three times." Huh. It's it's always humbling. Like that goes back to what you're saying about experience and authority. Mm -hmm. Or the authority of experience. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, sorry, I'm kind of snacking while you're talking. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I, can, I can go on. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Well, yeah, um... Got my Mars, yeah, and, Mars and, and Mercury conjunct in Aquarius, bro. Ooh. Yeah, right. Good time. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well girls always say you you, anyway. really intensely they're like do you always talk this intensely i'm like this isn't intense and they're like oh fuck yeah i i've i've experienced a very very similar um apprehensiveness to the way that i speak um i've i've had my i've 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 had to um explain to a lot of people here in california that I am not mad at them. You're not I'm, angry. You're just yeah, filled with the Holy Spirit, brother. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, you know, and and I'm pretty passionate about anything that I know enough about to talk about. So, what I'm are some of your really your your what are what are the areas of magic that you would say you're you're most comfortable working in and teaching? Well, I mean, like I said, uh, the the teaching that I do is um, basic foundational stuff. See, I'm fascinated um, by that because that's what I focus on as well because I think, I think the foundations is what matters. Well, and I feel like, I mean, I, I experienced this a lot um, in my early, um, like, soirees with, uh, you know, talking about magic um, on the Internet. Um, okay. You know, like, a lot of people jump from, I just found out about this last Thursday, to, <laughs> I think I want to invoke 72 Part. demons. Yeah, like, you know? I just read the LBRP, I haven't done it yet, but can you teach me about Goethe? Go yeah, that is so fucking common. Like, that is, that is, it is so common, it is, like, a thing that is, it's a meme. like, joked about yeah it's should, a meme. you and me should actually brainstorm a meme about that and see if we can oh, yeah. t have a take off 
Okay. I'm, well, I'm super down for that. Cool, cool. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, I can tell. <laughs> so, um, like, like I was saying, basically what I use is the 78 flashcards for the Western system, tarot, um, then sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, and then break that down um, into the foundational, you know, the four elements. Like Agrippa talks about, you know, like yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have, you know, fucking fire is to water is to air is to earth is to, you know, like you gotta, you gotta be able to break that down. And I'm a huge fan of, and it's really right now it is pretty controversial, which is very unfortunate for me. Um, the uh, the Western quabbla, if you will. Um, <laughs> you're using is, you're using the the fucked up <laughs> spelling from Barden's English translations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the quabbla. Well, and, <laughs> and I think that I think that the I think that 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 being specific that I am talking about the Hermetic quabbla and not the Christian Kabbalah or the Jewish Kabbalah. Um, is important um, because, you know, like uh, one interesting thing about my upbringing is my parents were Jews for Jesus. Wow. We're not, we're not fucking Jewish, man. Like Whoa. I grew up celebrating, I grew up celebrating Hebrew holidays because my parents were under the impression that Roman holidays were pagan. So they decided to do different pagan rituals. Um, were they and, were they more like Christians for G, for Judaism? That is a pretty good way to put it. But they wow. were, you know, they 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 refer to themselves as messianic Jews. Now yes. you can you'd be hard pressed to find a rabbi who wouldn't point out that messianic Judaism is a straight up contradiction in terms, because if the Messiah is fulfilling the prophecy. It's no longer Judaism. Yeah, um, that's a subtle point you're making, actually. I yeah, think most I have, people won't understand the theological significance of what you've just said. Right. Maybe you I've, should. I've, I've, I've gone. I've, I've studied that quite a bit because, um, because of my upbringing, celebrating Hebrew holidays, and um, you know, as a Christian, I've, you celebrated Hebrew holidays as a Christian. As a Christian, that's but, something I've like I've read about it, but I've never heard someone say that yeah, out loud. Yeah, it, that's because it I mean I so think it's cool. Stupid that very few people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's stupid. Maybe it's just like it's quirky. Mm. Well, plus you know you know I them Kentuckians, it, right? Well, them, yeah. them and their 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 bourbon tastings. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I say that it's stupid because, um, you know, A, it is highly offensive to most people of the Jewish faith. Um, yeah, like, what the fuck it, are you, you doing know, with our religion? Yeah, I mean, cultural appropriation is sort of, you know, this, like, buzzword right now. That's how GD um, people with, feel about Thelemites. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh-huh. It's I, a good joke. It is, it is a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, yeah, like there's 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 some controversy around um, around the the non Jews or the goy um, their use of uh, you know like the source 
Though you know, my first Kabbalah lesson was in Vienna in '97 with a Hasidic rabbi from California. Yeah, there you go. He was yeah, there lecturing at the right. Waldorf School on <laughs> on reincarnation on Hasidismus. Oh wow! <laughs> and his studies were on reincarnated souls from the Holocaust and comparing oh, their accounts with the source information and researching, and he was putting them books on it. Well, yeah, he's still alive. Shout out to Rabbi Yonasan Gershon if he's still mm. out there chilling out in California. He has a bunch of really good books on I'm, Kabbalah. I'm familiar. I'm familiar with that person. Whoa! Um, yeah, he, I'm familiar with their. I'm not familiar with that person. I misspoke. I am familiar with their work. Yeah, that's crazy. How how'd that happen? We uh, totally independent research. Yeah, man. So he sat me down. After the day after his lecture at the house he was staying at of one of the Waldorf school teachers, and I was like, and I was like, I'm trying to learn Kabbalah, but I was only zero zero in the Golden Dawn at the time, and I was like, I really want to learn real Kabbalah. He's like, Well, let me let me give you a lesson, and he did, and he gave me an outline of the Tree of Life. He taught me how to pronounce it with, with a full understanding of the background of Hebrew phonetics mm-hmm. and phonology. And then yeah. he lit a candle and told me to stare into it, and he left for hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how it's done. That's <laughs> that how you is, do it. That's, you want to do a good exercise, everyone out there? Light a candle, stare into it for hours. Mm-hmm. Am I yeah. wrong? Am I wrong? No, that's, that, that, is, that is great advice. Um, and, and actually, he I'm very, very into... <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Like, what? What the hell else? Or what? Are, you can't stop staring at the candle. You have to wait till the fucker comes back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa. And that's when I no, realized I, these people are just as much magicians as anyone in any magical oh, order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just have a sip of brandy and, and get to talking, and next thing you know, this ruach hakadosh is vibrating <laughs> between them all. Yachin and Boaz. Yeah. Yeah, I uh yeah, as as far as as far as pronunciation goes, I mean I, I have a a joke that that was, you know, taught to me is Bring the it. Whoa, just just it's not really funny. It's just, you know, like what makes a lineage is we all agree to, you know, pronounce things wrong the same way. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> Oh, that mm-hmm. is funny. You know, I noticed I, when I when I understood when I actually learned Hebrew, Hebrew, not just the alphabet, but it, like the full language yeah. and seminary. That's when I started like pronouncing the words in my lectures, and I do this to this day. I'll pronounce the same Hebrew word in a variety of different ways in the space of a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you think I, it matters, I've been known to do that. If you think it matters, you've got problems. That's well, be- it depends again. Again, it depends on what you're trying to do. Right, but when you're vibrating those names, there's no pronunciation. There, mm. you're, there's only vibration. Yeah, like that's yeah, why I, I mean, I object to Griffin's <laughs> like sort of sung mass version of the LBRP. This sort of Roman yeah. Catholic song. Like, what if are you, you doing? That's that's chanting. That's not vibrating. Well, it depends. Uh, so I, um, the way that, well, first off, um, one of the most inspirational things. Um, uh, as far as the way that I read texts um, or the way that I do certain rituals um, was uh, my experiences going to um, both uh, going both to uh, synagogue and because the way that they read the Torah is very sing-songy, um, and then um, Islam 
is very uh, sing-songy also, as far as the way that uh, the Quran is read. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't think and, there's anything wrong with incorporating that into ritual work. I do all the time. I just yeah. think it's something different, and, and it's, it's well, still good, but just different. And, and like you were saying about uh, the singing versus vibrating, um, you know, like you can, A, you can incorporate both of that because not all of the LBRP is the vibration. Exactly, um, exactly. You know, um, but uh, as far as, you know, there, I, I disagree a little bit um, about the there isn't pronunciation of vibration. You know, there's well, a difference yeah. between some guy from the yeah. Midwest saying, and at my right hand is Michael, and someone intoning Mikhail. Um, that, to me, is, is a huge, huge difference. You know, like, are you invoking, you know, Michael Smith, or are you invoking the mighty archangel Mikhail? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, well, there's, of course, depends. the other aspect of vibration, which is the visualization that most people don't realize is going on. But, well, that's, yeah, if you don't realize that, you've not been instructed correctly. You, you, you want to be able to visualize those letters as you're vibrating mm-hmm. them, and that's why you have to learn the orthography of the alphabet at the very least, let alone the n- names and numbers. Like you yeah, don't, you don't I, have to learn how to fucking translate Hebrew like I did and speak it. No, no. no like, you it don't, totally. It's fucking awesome. Oh, dude, it's so fucking awesome. Fucking Aramaic yeah. and shit like that's wonderful. And it's not that hard to yeah. learn. It's actually an easy. They're both easy languages it, that it, interrelate. Yeah, they're not hard. Yeah. It's not like learning fucking Slavic or Chinese, yeah. Mandarin, Cantonese, Japanese, or any of the hard languages in the world. Arabic's hard. Right. Hebrew's easy. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's, yeah, there's no I, uh, fucking tense in ancient Hebrew. There's no tense. Yeah, Did you know that? No fucking vowels, man. Well, they, they they were assumed, and then they then they were orthographically written in later. They were they, they are they they are there. When I went into yeah, a I, Hebrew class, I said, "There's no vowels," and the teacher was like, "Uh, what to do with you?" Hmm. Yeah. And I was well, like, I okay. Mean, but yeah, no, you're right. There, essentially, there are no vowels in the way that we think of them. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's a different fucking language altogether. Yeah, that's, a, well, that's, hmm? I mean, that's learning a new language is, is and, and that's actually what I try to uh, impress upon, uh, you know, anybody, but especially on people that I am in a teaching relationship with. Um, you are, by, by this type of study, even if you're studying under someone else, um, you are not just learning a new language, you are learning an entirely new context. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're, you're, you're not just, because, you know, I mean, you're, you're golden dawn, like, you know, you have to have a basic understanding of the Hebrew Aleph Beth to be able to even really approach this. A hundred percent. Um, That's you know, you don't, people... again, you don't have to learn Hebrew, like, um, and I'm rusty as shit, which is really embarrassing, to be honest. Um, You'll get it back. But, oh, yeah. Tav. Oh, it ends on Tav, so you don't get the formality. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 uh, you know, I, I have a basic grasp on, uh, on the Hebrew letters. Um, it's more just like, uh, you know, I used to, used to be a lot more, uh, 
reversed, let's say. Um, not sort of wow. fallen by the wayside um, because uh, my magical focus is uh, on different things these days. Well, yeah, um, man, I've, I've, I don't remember the geomantic symbols, and I, I don't regret it. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to say so. Yeah. You know, I, it's really that, good to learn, learn them in their place and time, but you don't need mm-hmm. to keep everything in your fucking head, at least not until we get, like, Elon Musk's neural link going. Yeah, that'll never happen, so we're, we're safe. <laughs> who um, knows, man? Who knows, man? It, the future's uh, a strange place. Plus, we're probably in a simulation, so who knows what the fuck's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's just different, different ways of thinking about the same thing. Um, that's well said. I, uh, but, um... As far as as far as like you know the the foundational stuff that I teach, uh, going back to that for a little bit. Yeah, um, no, that's my my what I'm most interested in actually. So uh, like like you know like I said, uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of you know when when talking about the uh, quavola. Um, the quavola. I love I, that you call it that. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop calling oh, it quavola. I, I can't. Oh Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Uh, oh, the the. That almost it would almost it would almost be worth it for for us to come up with a new name. It would almost not not really, but it would almost be worth it uh, for, to, because because the Quabla is so different <laughs> than the Kabbalah. Um, sure, it is yeah. so different. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're using we're obviously using the same foundational shit. Yeah, but we um, reverse the pillars in our body. Yeah. Gabur <laughs> is on our right shoulder, Hesed on our left, mm-hmm. because unlike mm-hmm. Jewish Kabbalah, in Kabbalah, we're mm-hmm. reversing and stepping back into the tree. It's why we face west yes. from the middle pillar, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, it's the yes, big yes, difference yes, between yes. what I would call Hermetic Kabbalah and Kabbalah, or as you say, yes. Kabbalah and Kabbalah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I fucking yes. love it. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, well, it's important to be. It's important to, that people understand what I am. It's important that people understand the spelling that I am using. Um, the Q. Yeah, because it is because it is not. Um, and you know, like, and yeah, like, it's not, sure, it's not. It's you not. can make the you can make the argument anything from the. Hebrew uh, religion from the Jewish religion, you can you can make an argument that that is cultural appropriation. And now the problem is that in that argument you then have to make the argument that Christianity wholesale is cultural appropriation from Judaism. And uh, you would have religion to, by Judaism and so on and so forth. You would have to basically you end up sounding like a fucking fascist. Um, you end up, you end up with the argument that people should only participate in things that they were born into, and that just throws thousands of years of syncretic religion out with the baby. Yes, and it does. There's, there, there's, and 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 I understand that people have lost nuance. And I understand that some people will hold very, very, very anti-Semitic beliefs while simultaneously using the Hebrew Aleph Beth. Um, 
And I, I understand why people are having this reaction. Mm. Totally get it. However, it's important to acknowledge that that's what it is. Everything's syncretic. Well, not everything. Not everything. Enough, enough, and when you're talking religion, you know, like, you're, I mean, when you're talking any religion, new or old, there are elements from older religions and older traditions that, have been syncretically adopted or integrated into the system. Um, and, you know, it would be dishonest to not point out when those things have been syncretically integrated versus, you know, what you made up on your own. Um, but very, very little yeah. is made up on your own. Uh, right. It's mostly syncretic. Yep. And the nuance and the tact that it takes these days to, you know, syncretically work systems like that, which which I say that, you know, these days, that is not a bad thing. Right. Um, yeah, no. People being, people being protective over closed systems that have been, <laughs> that have been historically suppressed and repressed, um... That is, that is healthy. That's a healthy reaction. Um, however, I'm starting to I'm starting to feel like some people are trying to exercise their unjust authority over some systems by saying you can't use it um, because my immediate reaction you can't use it is okay cool why can you hmm. you know I'm not here you know like I'm not gonna I'm not going to start talking about I mean Caribbean diaspora religions that's not my wheelhouse <laughs> it's not my cultural background I don't know anything about it I couldn't begin to, you know, uh, I couldn't begin to be white guy with dreadlocks trying to fucking, you know, preach Rastafari, um, because it's, it's not my wheelhouse, it's not my culture, it's not my identity, you know? So, I understand the fact that some folks are protective over their cultural identity that has been historically, you know, oppressed. That totally makes sense. Mm. Um, Now, one of my OTO sponsors uh, is is a person who is at least genetically Jewish. Um, I don't think Frater EO-131, I don't, I don't, know that his family was terrifically religiously Jewish, but I know that he is Jewish. And and he's he's gained some notoriety for himself just by fucking pissing off some of the right people. Um, Who who are the right people? Um, 
I would prefer not to talk about his oh, business. That's fine. I, but, I, I don't care. I'm just a curious, curious... But James guy. Wasserman can suck my dick. Oh. I'm not really into bigots. It's my thing. Bigots, yeah. You know? oh, I'm, I'm really glad. Like, I had no idea what to expect from talking with you, but I'm really glad that, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, against all my certitudes and fears that you're not actually a bigot. <laughs> no, I am. I am violently opposed to bigotry. I have spent oh god, part of, I spent a good chunk of my teenage years and my entire life, physically and otherwise, preventing bigots from spreading bigotry as much as I can. Well, you know, we are we are tolerant, save intolerance. May, um, may Christ bless funny you. Funny thing coming from a bigot, but. <laughs> You know, like uh, I, uh, we, we're in I an just, age of bigotry. It's it's shocking. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we have we have um, in the Western world. It's been long enough that uh, we have we've forgotten what it does. You know, we've forgotten. We have we have forgotten. They warned us, but we forgot. Uh, well, the thing is, there is there's there's knowing. And there is experiencing. Yeah. Well, like, you know, knowing in the biblical sense, yeah. right, you know? Yeah. What's interesting is yeah. we often say that to know Adam knew Eve in the biblical sense, and it's interpreted as meaning, interpreted, it's interpreted as meaning a sexual sense. But actually, right. the word is yada. And that word yeah. in Hebrew, it doesn't mean to know someone in a sexual sense beyond right. the basic understanding. What it means is to know someone in an intrinsic way. Yes, that is an important, so important we, distinction. We've lost our intrinsic sort of visceral knowing of the dangers mm-hmm. of some of the things and ideologies we're playing with now. Right, and um, there's a um, there is a, a misinterpretation of um, of uh, sorry, I just think ah, damn, turn off your brights. Um, yeah, there's a cost. I love that we're doing a <laughs> podcast at three in the morning while with you in your car in San Francisco, or sorry, Frisco, and me me an hour and a half away in 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 the sticks. We're social distancing at extreme. Oh yes, the, okay, people, people, check out how real adepts do social distancing. An hour and a yeah. half, baby, and he's in his car so that that virus can't, like a homing beacon, shoot up to me here in Sonoma. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just we're model like, citizens. You know, we're model yeah, citizens. Yeah, we, we are. We're we're the best. <laughs> Show me the money now. Show me the money, <laughs> Governor. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I want, I want some of that. Anyway. I want some of that illegal alien money. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, as an illegal alien, like, shouldn't you be like cashing out in California? Shit, you, you would know? think so. The problem is, right, well, told the me reason, they pay you guys well, just to be. <laughs> when the retreat center here shut down, they tried to evict a bunch of us, like including me. And I had to get the district. I called the governor's office. He sent me to the district attorney, and the assistant district attorney called me, took the director's number, and I, now we're in a standoff. Yeah, that sounds about right. Crazy, right? I shouldn't try to say yeah, that. Yeah, sounds like there it sounds is. right. Yeah, like seriously, hey, I'd go home if I fucking could. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get the fuck out of here, guys. Yeah, seriously, you think I want to be somewhere where I, like, have been cut off from all my resources due to the shutdowns, and like, 
seriously. Yeah. Both my yeah, laptops I... died this last month, so now mm. I have zero laptop. But a student is like, well, I have great students. They 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 value my teachings. I don't know why, but I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Bless them. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sharing my experiences. That's all I have to offer. Yeah, good. There you go. I'm curious. Um, I want to ask you more because I'm very curious. I feel like we're going to have to do another one of these because we're almost at three hours, which I'm very fucking proud of us for doing. Oh, my <laughs> God. And I really think that there's something to be said about that time. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. How do you in- introduce people to the kind of magical will? What sort of exercises and techniques do you like to focus on to integrate the kind of magical willpower and imagination that allowed you to stop drinking like that but still be around it? And also, also second part of the question, sir, get involved in the elemental experiences alchemically. I want to know about that. I want in some real terms from you. Give us some, give so, us the meat of this. People have been listening now for two hours and 43 minutes. Give, so, give some meat. Well, so I think that it's, it's important. It's important to, and I think that you have to make things personal for people. Oh, I like that. Um, I like that a lot. You know, the uh, I'm a big fan of the you know the uh, the Kabbalah as a filing cabinet, a filing system yeah. for all for all available knowledge and experience. Um, that you use the uh, that you use the Kabbalah to um, to categorize your experiences. To categorize is not not exactly what I mean. Um, no, I know what but you, you mean. Use, yeah, like, you sort of use pre-associate, that. sort of, right? Yes, that that is that is an excellent way to put that. It Thank is, you. It is a method of free association that it's really, you would use, and at a certain point in the because then you you get people used to this idea of. Um, of uh, categorizing things, of putting the, you know, this it's, is a Gavora. It's sort of like know, training synapses to fire together to to fix memories, right? Yeah, actually, that's uh, precisely what I'm doing. Is the idea is to create new neuro pathways. See, um, that I think is a huge aspect of magic that science has only begun to be brave enough right. to uh, thumb through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, think my that... di- the practice of my magical diary since I was a child, like as in 12, 13, yeah. that has allowed me to have a recall of when events happened in my life like yeah. no one else I've ever met other than people with actual photographic or eidetic memory, right? Which I don't yeah. have, but I have a developed yeah. memory. Yeah. I um, Like I can visualize I that... pages and... and remember what's on them. I can't reread yeah. it chapter and verse, right? Right. Like some other fuckers who are just lucky <laughs> as hell. Yeah, I don't I wasn't born with that, that's for sure. A, a fellow um, initiate in the Golden Dawn, once he, he hand wrote in calligraphy out to me when I was like sixteen, seventeen, all the verses of Allen Ginsberg's Howl. You know, the epic 45-minute poem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hand-wrote it out, and then at the end of it, so there's a note, he's like, sorry, this, um, uh, he said, uh, he said something like, you know, um, this was a good exercise for me because I haven't been able to recite it from memory to anyone in a while, so this was a good experiment to actually write it from memory. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And he said, hey, how about you memorize it, and when we go down to L.A. for the next GD convention, 
will recite it on street corners with each other, beat nicking off each other verse by verse. So I spent six months memorizing that fucking whole poem, God. and I recited it as I recited it in grade eleven as a, my book report in my class. The class, the teacher even tried to stop me after thirty minutes, and I was like, I was the unpopular chubby goth kid. So they, my, my classmates owed me nothing but the look of venom on their eyes when the teacher tried to stop me before the last yeah. parts of that poem was like. No, okay. So I went through it, but then when I met up with him, I'm like, dude, it took me six months to memorize that. He really, he was like, really, it took me a week. I'm like, what? He's like, he said, he said, don't you just, he don't you just look at a page for a few minutes? Don't you just look at a page for a few minutes and then you have it? I'm like, no, no, no. I was reciting that every day from the shower in the morning to bedtime at night every day for six months to learn that. And he's like, oh, I just look at the page for a few minutes and then move on to the next one. And I was like, you mother... He's like, do you want to hear the new poem I memorized? I'm like, sure. He put it on his robe, extended his arms. I lay down. It was midnight. And he, he, he lets loose this line, which you might recognize. Al-Mustafa, the chosen one. Oh, yeah. And for the next three and a half hours, he recited the entirety for of Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. Yikes. Like, yeah, that, that's, that, that's impressive. That's a real thing. Some people actually have photographic eidetic memory. But yeah. I think the act, practice of magical diary and Kabbalistic sort of filing cabinet and rebuilding neurons and brains, it's, it's such an underrated aspect of our spiritual discipline. Yeah, I I try to impress upon people that it is the most important part. Um, it is, in my opinion, um, creating the your magical diary and maintaining that is the most important part of, of the practice. Um, not just because um, of recall, like you're saying, um, but um, also because... Yeah. Because it allows you to, as objectively as one can, um, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite activities is uh, randomly pulling out some of my old diaries and uh, going through, you know, where was I at five years ago? Where was I at six years ago? Where was I at seven years ago? And being able to actually have that physical information there that you can pull and 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 look at and compare and contrast is priceless. Yes. Like you can't there's there's That's why I'm pissed off about Griffin having some of my diaries in his possession. Yeah, that that is an act of violence like that. I don't know like, I don't know why we don't live in a world where that kind of crime isn't actually taken seriously. Yeah. He even yeah. has my, like, birth certificate, social insurance number, bank documents. Like, why does no one in the world give a shit about enforcing that crime? Right. Like, him and his crew have been hacking me for years now. Like, why is that not, why is there not some digital, like, cyber police force that throws that fucker in jail? It's, like, right. trashed my family's life, trashed my income for years. Jesus Christ, every time I think I'm getting ahead, it's like, sorry, you're locked out of your accounts again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, so I don't want to get into it. Well, let's do something more interesting. You know, as you were saying this about the diaries, this worthwhile gold, I was staring at this wrapped book in silk of my neophyte diary from before mm-hmm. I was a neophyte 
and my grade of neophyte, which of course I tested out of after a month and a bit because you don't <laughs> need to spend that long in neophyte, honestly. I mean, yeah, some folks do. Yeah, shall, shall I, shall I uh, bibliomancy a page and give us a snippet from those days? Yeah, good effort. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. Hey, look at that. Full moon. 11-25-96. Full moon, cold, sore throat. One, I regrettably missed my rituals on the 24th due to sickness, and it was during this sickness that today I performed my rituals. I attribute this sickness to the dis-ease of my fifth and third chakras. I pray that Josiah will heal me. God, so I was 15 when I was this, at this time. The LBRP, <laughs> two, the LBRP was performed with the force of a disordered being behind it. May Yodhe <laughs> give me strength. <laughs> oh, fucking 15-year-old me. Three, my middle pillar caused me to sweat. It was most likely unwise to do it in the straining new position I was taught. That's a Reikian position that was really crazy. Four, it's like you, you go up against a wall and bend your knees halfway and do the whole middle pillar like that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> First time I did it, I had to, I was left in the temple for an hour to keep going until they came back. Well, that's Frater wow. Nineveh Shadrach for you. Okay, four. Yeah. Four. The fairy known to me as name must be grounded tonight. I was doing some chaos magic fairy creation stuff with my Wiccan coven. Um, and so this would have been actually days before or after my neophyte initiation, before I was in the GD. So... The use of different names has led me to believe it merged into separate, three separate beings, not joined by anything. I also failed to feel its presence after a couple weeks. I will ground it tonight in astral space while asleep. Greet the spirits of the past with a cry of woe. Beckon the, them onwards into the unknown. May it become known. Blessed be, harm none. Love, truth, and knowledge. Frater R.C. Nice. Yeah, that's funny. Hey, I just thought I'd do a little change the vibe for a second because I love what you said about the reverence for these documents and like I haven't read that passage right there since I wrote it this is the first time I've yeah. read that passage since I wrote it yeah that's that that like and you I mean yeah that's great thank you I appreciate that it's crazy right I mean, we have these documents and they are they, they are the grimoires that matter not not yeah. what someone else wrote yeah I mean you know there's 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 a place for uh, what what I call uh, other people's bullshit um, versus our bullshit. Mm. You know, there's there's some overlapping Venn diagrams action going on there, but there's you know you know there's there is there is then our own stuff, mm. and we have to we have to you know acknowledge and hold sacred our own stuff just as much as we're smelling other people's bullshit, you know? And really, like, being able to do what you just did, being able to pull up, you know, something from, you know, 1996. November 25th. And, yeah. On and a full moon. You know, <laughs> um, being able to, you know laugh about some of that and be like, oh man, you know, like oh, where dude. you were, where you were when you wrote that, no one has ever been there and no yeah. one ever will be there again. That is, that is, you know? that is what a beautiful observation, bro. 
Like there's That's there's so much there's so much value in our experience that people tend to overlook because it you know because you didn't physically you know uh, because you didn't change the world with that you know one mm. set of rituals that you did when you were sick. But did you I know, change myself like, enough to get to the next day? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it all matter. It matters much more to, to us, to the individual who wrote that. It's going to have a lot more meaning than the most meaningful shit that, you know, Khalil Gibran wrote on his best day. Uh, you know, I like that. we're, we're, we are, and, and like I do in my teaching, like you were talking about, you know, like how you teach elemental stuff, is you get people to the point where, ideally, you get people to the point where they are not, not even comfortable. Hmm. They are just constantly, there's no, you know, this is what I what I say about like being a decent Kabbalist is when you start thinking of the world in a Kabbalistic way. And now that's not, yeah. you know, flowery, no. you know, bullshit. That is literal. Yeah. I, I mean, I know, that I know what literal. I mean, of course, you know, when you start, when you start observing phenomenon and objects and, and, interactions when you start when you start interpreting them in a kabbalistic way when you start seeing things kabbalistic values um that's how you know that you've got it there's a difference between understanding something you know like i understand gravity because i've fallen down before now could I explain gravity? Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, like... Well, apparently like, science can't. What's that? Apparently science is having a hard time with that these days. Right. Yeah. That was, that was kind of my point. Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I jumped know, the gun, didn't we I? Can, no, no, you're fine. Like, we, like, we have to, in order for any of this shit to work, um, I feel like what is, what is focused on the most... Um, by hacks is uh, basically understanding the information enough to talk about it at a cocktail party. Mm. Um, now, the real capital W work is integrating that, mm. taking that information and then integrating it into your life. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like we practice ritual I, magic so that we can perform it in those crucial moments when right. we need it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, very much so. Like, and, and, you know, here's going, going back a little further in our conversation. Um, and I've, I've, I've said this on, on the blog before, um, mostly when I was beefing with other people. You have a blog? You know, yeah. Oh, what's it called? It is, uh, Holy Mountain, Holy... Oh fuck! <laughs> I've had it for eight years. Um, it is three in the morning. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Tumblr. I have uh, and and half of it is just reblogged nonsense. <laughs> like you know, I mean, it's 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 all 
occultism and esoterically themed. Well, people can stuff. find you on Instagram if they dash mountaineering dot tumblr dot com, I believe. Okay. I'll send you. I'll send you the link. You can put it in the. In I will the bio include or whatever it. You call. Yeah, um, but like uh, like I've said before, um, I I don't have any interest in learning uh, magic or anything else for that matter. Um, from people with boring lives, like to me, like <laughs> the magic is in the, the the spaces between the rituals. Yeah. You know, like you said, we practice magic so we can perform it. Yeah, that's um, my, that's my my, have, my thing. I have zero interest in a magician who has led a comfortable relatively easygoing white middle-class American life. No right. interest in it whatsoever. I wonder if any of them have. Any of them have what? Led that kind of middle-class white bread life. Damn, you're all of them. Really? Damn, you're all of them. I mean, like, I can think of people who are regarded as, um, you know, like pretty well well thought of and I will absolutely not drop names for this um, people who are regarded as um, really highly thought of and sought after um, teachers uh, in the esoteric arts um, who fucking like you know like they, maybe they had some wild stories in college mm. you know but like yeah, they have. They they've never they've never actually challenged themselves in ways that are you know stupid and you know in air quotes pointless. So no, you know, no never, fires of test and trial. Yeah, they've never decided that oh, maybe I'll fucking hitchhike across the country today. Right. I've done that six times. Yeah. I rode freight trains across the country by wow. myself. Wow. Um, wow. I, uh... So <laughs> your new book is I, called uh, Hobo Magic, Riding the Railroads <laughs> to Success. <laughs> right. No, Beyond no, positive no. thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, I've, 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 my bullshit starts a period. Um, where I... I just went out with literally what I had on my back, no bank account, let alone yeah. money in it. Yep. Um, yeah. And I decided that, like, I was going to live like that for a while. Wow. Um, I was going to see how, I was going to see how much I could do with how little I had. Yep. I did that when and I went to Ireland with a backpack and 200 Canadian dollars. Yeah, exactly. I drank through the money in like a week and had to learn how to busk. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Right, right. Um, yeah, like I just, I feel like, you know, I, like I said, I I have no, I have no interest in uh, trying to learn from people whose lives aren't interesting. Like, you know, like, like, what do you, you know, like, when people, when people ask, you know, what do you do? Like, I, I, I know that they're asking me what I do for money. Yeah, of course. Uh, 
I never answer that question because yeah. unless they ask me what I do for money or what you know, when and especially when people ask me what I do for a living. Oh, like, yeah. I, I interpret that question much differently than I'm sure they mean. Um, <laughs> I, I and, summon demons you know, and angels, motherfucker. <laughs> I, you know, like... I stare into the I, face of God, laugh, and am devoured by the void. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've given answers like that to legitimate, normal people. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? sometimes it's, like, it's just fun to I, go full Crowley, God form, and get a reaction. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, As fucking... they teach us in seminary, in traditional seminary training, our job is to afflict uh, afflict <laughs> the comfortable and comfort, comfort the afflicted. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I feel like there is, there is, there is something about, um... Coming from a comfortable place that makes you terrible at magic, um, mm. you know, like, and if you have come from a comfortable place, there's nothing wrong with, like, your parents still being married and, like, you know, like, you, you know, like not, not, like, I'm not, I'm not encouraging abject poverty. <laughs> well, no, but vows um, of poverty have their place. Yeah, yes. I like, mean, I, I just think that there is there's a power to saying I'm going to do my life's mission and only take what I the bare minimum that I need to survive along the way. Right. And and there's um it's like you put yourself is, almost into a liminal state psychically 24/7. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and there's there's also there is there is um until you well it doesn't matter until it matters. Um, you can, if you've never, if you've never thought I'm going to die, um, because of, you know, something that you decided to do for you, Mm. like, you know, I mean, that's, that's an extreme example, but I'm only going to use extreme examples. Because the thing is, like... you're a thelemite. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> no, I'm just trying I mean, to bring here's, you some... Here's the, well, so most of the thelemites that I know, and the same goes for the Golden Dawn people I know, they're relatively comfortable middle-class people. Yeah. You know, like, they, they don't have anything to teach me. That's most strange. magicians don't have anything to teach me. Yeah, that, um, that's not been... My, that wasn't... I was guess I was lucky that the, my experience at Temple Tehuti was very much of people on the fringes who were looking to transform themselves and willing to make massive sacrifices for that gnosis. See, that's, that's another, that's another huge thing. I was lucky, man. I, I I say, I've said it before and and people are like, how could you be lucky in Zinc's order? It's like, Oh, I didn't know him for the first five years. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. I was lucky because I was with people that were willing to sacrifice everything for their true will. Yeah. That's what was lucky. That's like that's a that's a big difference. Um, that's a huge difference. Isn't that? It's uh, almost the main point, people, isn't it? Well, people think that I think it is. Um, people, there's there's a <laughs> there's a there's an almost comical um, 
trend in in paganism and, and magic um, where people uh, people think that the sacrifice part is symbolic, <laughs> and, and the the what they're missing is oh, that the symbolism shit. comes through the literal action. <laughs> um, you until you have until you have given something that is very very important to you you don't know shit you're not communing you're not fucking communing with deity if you aren't giving up something that was actually the whole purpose of Goethe's Faust yeah 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 very much giving up your soul you give up your soul to achieve this Right, but nowadays, especially, um, you know, you have people... People don't even want to say what they actually think online for the risk of losing likes. Yeah, well, I mean, that and people don't really have fucking opinions. Like, here's here's the thing is, like, you know, people... People want... Who needs an opinion when you can share someone else's? Well, absolutely, and especially if they don't really have a fucking opinion... You're going into magnitudes of worthless bullshit. You know, like you are, you're, people, people tend to, um, you know, what I was going to say is um, when, when people are, uh, you know, approaching these things from an atheistic perspective, you lose, you know, the, you lose the the intensity of religious belief. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a fan of the idea of original sin. Um, I think it's one of the most oppressive, you know, ideas ever fucking put up man's ass. It's yeah, it's but, one of the, it's one of the weirdest theologies that they concocted concocted seemingly out of thin air, honestly. Well, here's the thing is, it's a, you know, it's a control mechanism. 100%. It's a very effective one. Even the Roman um, Catholic Church has basically admitted that at this point. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like, <laughs> like, you talk to priests at Vatican City, and they're like, oh, we don't believe that. That's bullshit. No, we don't believe this. Like, but that's what the church says. And they're like, no, yeah. these old Catholic priests are like, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's uh-huh. a, that was a joke. Come on, come on. Be real. <laughs> Get with it. You're, you're, you're alive in the 21st century. Come on. And there's like some 70 year old fucking priest, right? He's like yeah, Virgin, Virgin Mary. <laughs> yeah, he's like, come on, come on. What are you, are you, it's not the mid, Middle Ages anymore. Not, we don't have the same thing on the line anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, no yeah shit. but that's, that's just it. That's just it, is people don't, people don't have anything on the line. They're not losing anything. Yeah. See, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that is threatening about it. It's the one thing I appreciate about Crowley is once you, you know, dig through the edgelord bullshit mm, yeah. and the stuff that was just designed to elicit a reaction... Yeah, he was good at um, that. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was his own hype man. Pretty much a um, proto-rock star, actually. Yeah, very much so. Um, and and there is that, that rock star energy or that, um, that, that, like, kind of presence that is wholly lacking. I can't think of a living magician who's not sitting in the car with me who who has a presence about this shit at all. 
you know, like we don't have, you know, like we have lots of magicians. We have lots and lots of magicians. Um, what we don't have are any, any master magicians, I feel like. Um, I don't, I don't see, I don't see anyone who is putting themselves out there these days who has the, not just the presence even, but who has the authority, who has the gravitas behind them that a lot of other folks did, you know, in the last occult revival that we had. Um, yeah, I like to think I, of that as the occult revival, and this is the occult revolution. Like, we're upending everything yeah. and sort of throwing the pieces in the air, and we're not sure where they will fall, but they will fall somewhere. Oh, yeah, they're already falling. They're falling, baby. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a fact. Um, yeah, well, we would know, need people to take it more seriously on a larger scale, I think. And, and here's the thing is, there's there's a line there, too. You know, I can't, I cannot stand self-important motherfuckers. Well, right, who, anyone who's you know, good enough to become that kind of master probably isn't that interested in it. Right, yeah. And well, I think there are... What do they have to gain? Right, that's the thing. When you get to that certain point, you're like, oh, now I understand. Right. Huh. Oh, this is not exactly what I thought it, it was about. <laughs> It's and not about power and titles and magic. It's about right. something way different. Yes. And a lot of the foundational work sucks. It's just psychology. Yeah. You know, like a lot of the a lot of the foundational stuff that you have, um, you know, where you're you know, it's it's a lot of self analyzation. Um, it's a lot of facing your own past and your own demons, yeah. and it's a lot of seeing through your own bullshit. Um, and who wants to do that when you can just wallow in your own bullshit? You know, and it's not even your own bullshit. It's somebody else's bullshit that you're, you know, wearing as a mantle to try to impress people. You know, that's... There you go. You said it. You know. You said it. That's... that's that's just such a huge thing is like this this desire that people have to impress people with their, you know, occult prowess, whatever the fuck that is. You know, like I've never seen someone physically manifest a demon in front of me. You know, like, yeah, you know, you're that. not fucking Harry Potter, dude. Like, yeah, no. this isn't, you know, this isn't like, this isn't fucking, you know, the, this isn't the, the magicians, that stupid sci-fi TV show that I've never watched that actually ripped off some of my writing. Um, uh, that's a whole other story. I like the novels, and a lot of my friends are on the show, but, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it's good fun, it was good fun, it, you know, it's yeah, better than, uh, for me, it's better than watching, uh, uh, you know, whatever the kids are watching. I don't know. <laughs> I did. I did watch Mid the Midnight Gospels. Duncan Trussell's The Midnight Gospels. That was good. I've heard. I've. I've. I've heard. I've heard a lot about that. I definitely plan to check that yeah. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cry during the last episode for sure. Like every other person with a soul. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see how I react. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to do a follow up, brother. 
Yeah. And I, I would uh, love to come to San Fran. I mean, sorry, Frisco, and yeah. uh, and see the temple or where where you're at or what you were. Yeah, saying. you got it. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe yeah. we can do a little thingy there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Um, like I said, I live with another magician too. Uh, they were um, at one point they were fairly high up in the OTO. Um, oh wow! They are, they are serious business um, as far as <clears throat> as far as their commitment to the capital W work goes. Um, and. Uh, you know, we we also get along on an interpersonal level, which helps. Um, but uh, they they are um, very much so. The if you've ever seen the the famous picture, now famous uh, picture of the Gnostic Mass with the uh, priestess uh, with the arms out on the altar. Yeah, it's my roommate. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, that could be. Yeah, we could probably have some interesting conversations. Yeah, they're they're good people. Um, living with them has been really nice. I I basically moved them up here from SoCal. Oh, wow. I'd been there. I'd been their personal tarot reader for five plus years, um, and I'd been trying to get them up here, and uh, finally, you know, got them up here. They moved into a little apartment, and as soon as the spot opened up my house, I brought them on in. Uh, it's kind of where where I'm at these days is you know recruiting folks you know huh. like trying to trying to put together you know like a uh, like a a situation not just a working group but really like a you know a situation like a collective uh, yeah. people who people who together are you know working on this greater goal, uh, which is really just the promotion of the work, you know? Yeah, well, and, and awesome. that's, that's what you get, is you get the work. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, that's what people really need to walk away from all these books and lectures and podcasts from, right? Like, you've got to take it back down to you alone doing the work. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And I think and, I disagree with you about the masters. I think that work with people. Yes, ideally. And I got I want to say at the as we end this like the, I do disagree with that there I think there are the masters out there. I think Ramsey and a few other people out there are masters who like you know, but I I think you don't ever hear about them like mo, no one's heard of Ramsey's, but he was the he's the guy who taught all of us. And he's still teaching people. And you know what? He's never been public in any slight way because yeah. he's way too busy doing the work, like way too busy. Right. No, I, I get that. I, I should have been more specific with what I was saying. Okay. I mean, as far I mean, as far as the public faces of magic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's an excellent point. The people who are most known are the least often masterful. Yeah, and even if. <laughs> you know, you have, you have people like Lon, who's been doing the work forever. Yeah, you know, Lon's, Lon's um, great. You know, and, and he's got his he's got his musical side project thing, and you know, he's got his uh, he's got his uh, you know, Kabbalistic persona and all that. Um, you know, but like, I you've met Lon. I know. Like, Lon. I've done knocking. I've done knocking ether work with Lon. Nice. You know, Lon's not a rock star. You know, Lon, Lon's Lon's a nice grandpa. 
<laughs> like, yeah, how, how, you're, how deep has he gone into some of the real depths of the system? We don't really oh, know. Oh, I don't have any idea. We don't yeah, know. That's, yeah, and that's, 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 not, that's not even for me to judge. You know, like, I just... Yeah, exactly. I, I um, you know, I think I, and I think a lot of other people are interested in, you know, seeing some some folks sort of go through and do the work half the time um, have not done enough of the work to even have a mastery of the language, you know? Yeah. Like, and then, and then some people have only done enough work to master the lingo. Yeah. You know? You see that like, so much now. Yeah. You, 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 what you don't see is the people who have done the work, are doing the work, and will do the work forever, they're lifers, you know, who have the the presence and have the authority to really be a public face, you know? Mm. And with all the splitting uh, and, and our, you know, Western... Uh, for 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 individualism, you know, I don't I don't think that we're going to see um, any organizations or institutions arise with the kind of authority that the original Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn had. Um, I don't I and I and I, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. You know, it's a revolution, are, right? That's what I said. It's a right. revolution, and it yeah. will not be we're televised, good. motherfucker. Yeah, we are doing away with institutions that no longer serve the purposes of mankind. Yeah, um, I, I do like, I do one of the things I've been promoting since I was drawn out of the, the shadows to sort of carry the torch after uh, my buddy Edward took off to India to, to just, <laughs> you know, you know, he needed a break from holding the banner up, I guess, in the way he was. And he yeah, really did call me out as well, along with Fratrieschi and a few others. Said, you know, you really have something to offer the world right now. Why don't you just take a few yeah. years and do that? You know, fulfill yeah. one of the aspects of your inner order vow. Just maybe, just maybe, fulfill that mm-hmm. vow. I'm like, okay, motherfuckers. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I mean, I, I talked. You know, I spent a, a year conversing with my HGA, and then I came up with this egregore of time in which I would go public essentially in pro- progressive mm-hmm. steps and then after that I'll touch base and we'll see what happens. Honestly bro, I'm probably just going to vanish into the we- a cottage in the west coast of Ireland and play my bagpipes till I die. That, that sounds like the best Maybe. possible version of my like, Honestly, that's way more exciting to me than any... Doesn't that sound awesome? Yeah. yeah. Like, seriously. Because like, when it comes to magical work, I don't need to teach. I don't need to do, be a part of the, any communities. I have enough mm-hmm. work that I realized that I learned how to do, you know, 20 years ago that I'm still doing today. And it's going to, I can spend the rest of my life doing it and I'm not going to get yeah, it all absolutely. done. There's just too much. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm still working, yeah. working the complex Shem angels and just doing <laughs> that work. Like I don't like, yeah, I do a knocking work. I do a lot of the work, but like there's so much, there's so much. Mm-hmm. Like, when I dive into one new little thing, it's like, oh, I can spend 10 years doing this. Yeah. Well, and you, when you look at, historically, when you look at, <clears throat> like, um, Jewish Kabbalists, for example, people have spent their entire life and career on one element. And when they're on their deathbed, they're like, fuck, I, I still don't understand it. Mm. You know? 
Like yeah. there's 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 plenty of work to go around, uh, which is which is why promulgation is so important. You know, we don't want to bring people in and offer them, you know, the keys to the city and yeah. you know superhuman powers. Um, you know, we want to offer them, you know, what's real, and what's real is. The destiny of humanity. What do we want? Where are we going with it? Yeah. And then with scientists, materialist scientists do not decide that. The yeah. philosophers and the wizards decide that. Oh, I like that. We, I, I'd almost want to end on that, but what you said raised from the mists of my memory a verse from <laughs> a verse from Howell of all things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. About you talked, you referenced, you know, we get so into something, but what do we really even learn from it? Like, it makes me think Thomas Aquinas, at the end of his life, after writing all the Summa yeah. Theologia, he, he said, everything I've written, before he died, everything I've written is straw. And Allen Ginsberg has this verse, similar along those lines, and the verse is beautiful. It goes like this, it's, Who scribbled all night, rocking and rolling over lofty incantations, which in the yellow morning were stanzas of gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you you go to the heights, but no matter how far you go into them, you don't know shit. Yeah, I mean, we've all well, not all of us, but, but a lot of us have taken heroic doses of LSD, figured out the meaning of life, come down and realized that that is fucking insane nonsense. <laughs> sometimes I ask questions in the other realms, and sometimes I just get laughed at in such a way that makes me realize yeah. that the very premises on which the, uh, yeah. the questions I'm asking are so myopic and yeah. limited limited to my concept of reality that mm-hmm. that it's like it's like a baby speaking goo goo gaga to us adults and us just like pinching his cheek and going that's what's like some of these spirits especially in the you know in the radically powerful DMT realms are like they're just pinching their cheeks like oh we're just gonna show you some love this is how we do it here's the love 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 and you're like oh fuck me I don't know anything Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, then sometimes they kick you down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you're in the realms and you're like, hey, I could handle going down a few flights of stairs. Let's see what sort, what's going on yeah. in the darker realms. Yeah. Oh, we should talk For about sure. that more again next time and maybe in person. <laughs> maybe in person. Hey, how cool would yeah. that be? Yeah. Let's do this. Like, we just got to, you know, make sure that the uh, My Sharona Cyrus doesn't get us. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe from six feet away. Yeah, we'll do a we'll do a advanced OTO sex magic from six feet away. Six feet away. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I would never yeah, no. do that kind of magic. And I, by that kind really? of magic, I don't mean sex magic. I mean OTO magic. You dirty, oh, dirty, uh, dirty people. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'm permitted to. I'm just joking. I actually want to ask you one last question before we sign off. And somehow, for the love of God, we've gone. Almost to three and a half hours, which is amazing because we started literally at midnight. But I really nice. had a really great time talking to you, buddy. Like this yeah, is I've had awesome. A good time too. I'm. I look forward to our future texts and hangouts. Let's let's make it happen. And this is awesome. For sure. Um, for people listening, when when it comes to if they're deciding things like GD, which is a like sort of for better or worse a school of seven initiations in more or less seven years, give or take three to five, and the mm-hmm. Thelema is a religion. 
and the OTO is a magical religion, and AA is a magical school. Like, what's your advice for people who are just starting out? Because I get this on my Instagram, and people are like, I'm just starting out, and this seems, and all of a sudden I'm seeing this picture of a guy holding a, a, a golden dildo. What? <laughs> like, that someone said that, right? And it's like, well, yeah. I don't know what to make of this, and I tried to explain it on a live stream, but, you know, it, what what's your advice for those people just getting into serious serious alchemy, serious occultism and, and ritual magic, what's your advice on looking at those sort of options that are out there right now, and what should they think or know, or just give some advice to, to end this uh, beautiful sure. conversation that I, again, I thank you so much for having with me. Yeah, oh, you're very welcome. Uh, well, I guess um, what I would say is learn your fundamentals. Um, again, to like, hugely paraphrase Agrippa, you know, the, the, you know... I love that you're going back 500 years on this one. Right. The, 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 the elemental foundation, the, the four elements that we have in the Western world, I'm knocking spirit right off there. Um, <laughs> we have, we have fire, amazing. water, air, and earth. And much like I was saying about Kabbalah, you can fire... You can fire... You can file everything under those four things learn the basics of you know i mean a part of my curriculum is the first three first four knowledge lectures the golden dawn you know is it funny how as a thelemite an OTO guy, you're coming back. We're all coming back to these same basics, which aren't really GD basics. That's just the paint job oh, that yeah, we're given. It's it's yeah. elemental basics of hermeticism that is our common yeah. base amongst all across all of these Western mystery traditions. Yeah. Yep. They should be anyway. Yeah. That's that's the thing is you know you've got to you know learn learn about the four elements. Learn about the seven classical planets. Learn about the twelve zodiacal. Um, you know. It's why I always uh, emphasize tatua work actually above almost yeah. everything. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't I don't really have folks. Um, I don't have folks work on that. Well, maybe uh, I can do a tatua class when I when I visit you. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. That w- that would be awesome. I. You would be doing that on a live stream. That would be amazing. Yeah, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm happy to share. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. That, yeah, would be, that would be something that I feel like folks aren't really going to get from me, but they should get. Well, wonderful. Oh, my God, brother. What a delight. Tetelestai. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been, it's been good. It's been long, but it's been good. You're going to get home safe? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. All right. I'm actually, I'm actually dry, I'm going to drive uh, down the coast a little bit to uh, greet the sun at the wrong ocean. Whoa. Yeah. What's that going to be like? Oh, it's just going to be like me going somewhere down on the Pacific Coast, probably around Big Sur to do uh, morning rush. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Big Sur. Brisk air. It's not because I love Kerouac and Frisco. It's just Big Sur is... Yeah. I've seen the photos. It looks it looks sort of like British Columbia. It does, yeah. It very very much does. Uh, um, it, you're going to have to you know, visit me in BC we, uh, up at Soma Institute as well at Chris Yeah, Bennett's place I love that. Do a little uh, uh, peyote uh, Celtic mysteries yeah. ritual from Yates. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm planning next year. 
always down. Well, I want to make it really affordable so everyone who can come, like, so we'll fit up the quota really fast, and then we could do it more the merrier for if we want to do it again. Just because, like, Yates is Celtic Mysteries. That's a whole thing for me, and yeah, it's it's going to be fun, you know. Yeah, it sounds what good. could go wrong with Celtic Gods peyote, legal peyote, and legal hashish? Yeah, nothing I can think of. You know, a, little, a, little, <laughs> a little IRA theology of resistance and anarchy thrown in there just for fun. Yeah, get it all in there, yeah. After the initiation, we can all chill out and watch Dairy Girls on Netflix. <laughs> that sounds ideal. <laughs> Wonderful. We're kindred souls. Just all like, right, you know, Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to my Canadiana, my Canadiana, as we get to know right. each other. All right. Yeah, hey. sounds awesome. Brother, yeah, thank you right, so right. fucking much. Have a very safe drive and a blessed rush. All right. Thank you very much. You have yeah. a good one. Cheers, bro. Talk to you soon. Cheers. I love under Will. Oh, I don't know if it saved it. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> love is the law. Love under Will. We'll do it back and forth. I'll, you know the back and forth? I'll be like, love is the law. Love under Will. All right. Blessed be Fratter <laughs> not, everybody. He's got a blog with a complex long name on Tumblr. You can find him on Instagram at Holy Mountaineer. Yep. Correct. Yeah, and Correct. Uh, you know, don't uh, don't mess with him in the street because he'll uh, he'll uh, he'll he'll prove to you that the Holocaust did happen <laughs> with his fist. <laughs> All right, bro, bro. All we'll right, we'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. All right, right. we'll do. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk and as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now, hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk.